now. Three, two, one, go! What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Cooldown Time. My name's Marco. I'm your graphically outdated host. Joining me, as always, the technical mess of the show, Pablo. Pablo, you know, we, we, we have a hell of an episode, and we're going to be talking about driving games for a little bit. And that made me think of a question. I'm, 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 I'm not even, I'm, we're skipping past the how you doings. We're getting right to the shits here, okay? Yeah, that I, sounds I, good. There's a question I've been meaning to ask you for the last 20-something years I've known you, and I've never oh, asked you before. It's about driving. And it's it has the potential to change the course of our friendship. Okay. Okay. All right. When you park your car, do I you... do not back up. Okay. Hell no. We can remain friends. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I I it is one of my biggest pet peeves of all time when oh. I see people stop, move a little forward, and then start backing their car. Why? Oh God. It's it's the most what is going to happen in the establishment that you walked into that you need to beeline out of there when you get in your car and leave? And the problem is most people suck at backing into parking spaces. So yeah. they'll back in, screw up, pull out, then back in again, screw up again, pull out. It happened to me this morning. I had my daughter in the car. Daughter's on the ball. She's like, what's going on here? What's going on, daddy? I need answers. That's not what she said. It's the energy I got. Yes. I didn't know what to tell my child, okay? So it it offended me as a parent, it offended me as a person, it offended me as a driver. And I figured I needed to make sure we were on the same page about that because yeah, this yeah, could have yeah. been the last episode of the show. No, man, what you should have said because it's a life lesson. It's like, honey, there's just some people in this world that that want to see it burn. Just right. some bad people right. for no reason. Right. Uh cuz man, that is the worst thing you can possibly do. Just back up into a uh, into a parking spot. It's it's so it's a ridiculous thing and it doesn't make any sense. And if you guys listen to the show and that's something that you do, <laughs> you could go ahead and stop listening right now. I knew you were going to we turn this y'all. on the listeners. I had a feeling we you were like <laughs> Because that's the way. There's no way we're going to change this. There's no cause or effect unless we put this out onto those people and let them know you're ruining planet Earth. I don't know how. I just know that somehow the extra minutes that you're in your car backing up is adding to the to the to pollution in some way. You guys are doing global warming is your fault. The emissions is all on you. You guys are fucking shit up. Stop it. Yeah. I've actually never driven with you before, man. What kind of driver are you? Are you are you a safe driver? Are you a, are you a do you do the cusses a lot when you drive? What kind of driver are you, man? Yeah, I'm a pretty um I'm a pretty bad driver. Uh oh, yeah, really? yeah. Yeah, I'm not an unsafe driver. Like I'm not driving at 100 miles per hour, but I'm just like, you know, rolling the stop sign not cuz uh. I'm in a hurry, but more cuz I'm like, oh shit, that's a stop sign. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. I, I'm my somewhere. Wife, in... My wife hates driving with me. She oh, just, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm mostly safe. There's times when I when when impatient Marco kicks in, and I I don't have time for these people. I don't have time for these. I yep. live in a, I live in a neighborhood where there's a lot of country ass country people mm. hauling things, and everywhere they Chisel. go, there and you know it's the type of cars that barely have it tied in to the to the back of the truck bed. So you, any minute. A, a fucking two by four can land on your hood <laughs> and they just want to drive like a sunday stroll and i got shit to do you got um, things to do 
Yeah, I might, I might say a cuss word or two, but you know, generally speaking, I'm I'm pretty safe. But uh, that, yeah, I can see that. I'm definitely not a uh, road rage guy, not at all. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah. If 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 you're if you're struggling like that, chances are you, you probably just uh, you're on crack. Um, so let's go ahead and get the show started, Pablo. We have a fantastic episode lined up for the people. New games to talk about. Uh, very interesting stories in our new segment. And some apologies that are due uh, in our main event of the show. So you're definitely going to want to stick around for that because we got some things we need to own up to. And we're not above being wrong on this show. So stick around for that and we'll tell you what we're talking about. Uh, but in the meantime, we do need to get the show rolling here. And we're going to do that with the segment dedicated to the games we've been playing since you last heard from us, and that is called Loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, Pablo, so we have a mix of some new games that just came out and uh, some final thoughts on some games we've been playing for the last few weeks. So uh, why don't we start with the new stuff, Pablo? And one of the things that uh, we've both been very curious about is Assassin's Creed Mirage. Uh, as, as many people may have heard, this is kind of the return to the roots uh, Assassin's yep. Creed game that's more modeled after the uh, original titles that were very stealth-driven and not so much the recent RPGs like Odyssey, Origins, and Valhalla, and so forth. Um, and needless to say, we were both intrigued, and we gave this game a try. And Pablo, I want to kick it over to you first, and tell me a little bit about how you're feeling uh, with first impressions. Yeah, I mean, as a fan of the early days of the series, I've pr- I've been pretty like uninterested in the RPG, 100-plus hour, huge, open-world, bloated mess that AC has become lately. Uh, I've always tried it because I've, I- I'm always thinking, you know, this is the game that's going to that's gonna grab me. And Valhalla was that the, the proverbial, uh, was it straw on the camel's back? I guess it's... Uh, I guess we can use that here. Uh, a oh, lot of camel right wow. here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it, but but Ubisoft then uh, went ahead and announced uh, Mirage. Originally, what it was supposed to be DLC, right? That I was think like so, the yeah, original set. Yeah. yeah, and then expanded into like uh, into a, a standalone game. Pro, you know, Mirage promises to take AC back to its roots, like Marco said, back to the old days of, of Brotherhood, Revelation, Sydney Kid unity so on so forth and i i guess the question that was proposed after playing it is did they actually deliver on that promise and i have to say that the simple answer is yes mirage has this this distilled the series back into its original form and for the most part it feels like the old school assassin's creed game and for the longest uh this is what I thought I wanted. The reason Ubisoft started to veer towards the more RPG element of it was because the original formula was said to be stale and Origins changed everything up. But here's the problem, Marco, is the more I play Assassin's Creed Mirage, the more I'm I'm starting to think, was Ubisoft right on the staleness of the original kind of uh, concept? Because I am enjoying my time with Mirage, but it's kind of becoming a thing where it's diminishing returns. Where the more I play it, the more I'm seeing the 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 I'm seeing like the the it's bursting at the seams. I'm seeing yeah. the cracks a little bit, and I I do I do like uh I do like what I'm seeing, but there's certain aspects that are just kind of compounding and becoming a little bit of like okay maybe this game is is mediocre at best and i guess the story let's start there uh the story i think is the area where um the the most of the this used to be a dlc kind of stands out for me because it's a little scattered brain it's uh honestly it's not very interesting uh and all the tropes from the original games are there an unassuming hero becomes part of the brotherhood 
and has these incredible athletic skills. Uh, and uh, from there, you go on to investigate shadowy groups of bad guys who are responsible for a number of things. Uh, that, that's kind of the basis of the story. And not much else has changed from that. I'm, I'm still kind of, you know, I, I'm pretty deep into the game right now. And I couldn't really tell you exactly why I'm doing the things that I'm doing, why I'm motivated to do those things. And I'm finding the main character. His name is Basim. 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 Uh, very, like, wholeheartedly uninteresting in, in ways that I was not expecting. Like, I don't really like him at all because I don't, there's nothing about him that's interesting to me in any way, shape, or form. I guess he reminds me a lot of Altair, where Altair was wasn't very interesting but he had a personality and it was a little prickly and so there was some kind of there was something there i think there's less here with basim here because when you talk about going back to the original formula i'm thinking brotherhood i'm thinking you know Ezio. i'm thinking that kind of thing and that doesn't kind of it doesn't actually uh reach those heights for me uh how so, about you where are you at so just to be clear, you're saying that technically they they did what they set out to do, which is that they didn't maybe do it in the best way, I, I suppose, well, for lack of a better I, I, term. I guess I would say they did what they said they would do, uh-huh. and I think for me, I'm realizing that maybe that, that wasn't the best way to go about it. Gotcha. I, I, I think that when you look at the story elements of it, even when you go back to the Ezio trilogy and when you go back to Altair, I think that uh, Assassin's Creed has always been hit or miss with their stories. I think that their characters have always been interesting for the most part but story-wise it, it besides it getting completely convoluted when revelations and just going off the rails there towards the end besides that the actual story being told in italy is it's is interesting but when you think about it, it's very basic at, at its core so mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of that going on it's just the industry has grown so much when it comes to storytelling that this is a glaring like uh thing that happens and it's like okay it's not that great but then again what did I actually expect since this has kind of been the norm for the old Assassin's Creed series for a while? Um, but okay. that makes sense then. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. then when it comes to the gameplay, the stuff is up front and center. And that is where I think the game stands out because I do love that it's all here. The, the, the stealth uh, gameplay, the, the pickpocketing stuff, all that, the, the refined parkouring from the system that was using Unity is back. But with that, there's also some kind of push, some kind of things that don't work well. Like the parkour system is works great and all that, but there's still those moments where you get stuck in certain areas. The jumping is not going to one building to the next isn't as smooth as you like and i will say they stripped the combat even more back than what you i thought they were gonna do and i think going like when you have to fight somebody hand-to-hand combat uh outside of just a one one v one with a group of people it is actively bad i think it is is, it, it feels absolutely terrible to play in that way and so there's a lot of like mixed mixed emotions here because it's kind of like shame on me because this is something that i wanted and i'm playing it and i am enjoying it i'm having fun but all these things are just kind of coming up and i'm not exactly having the best time or at least as it's not as, as good as the time i thought i was gonna have playing this yeah i i see what you're saying now okay so yeah so for me um assassin's creed mirage man um I think this game's terrible. I think it's absolutely terrible. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily blame it on the old school formula. Mm-hmm. I blame it on poor execution of the old school formula. So I guess I was trying to see if we uh, potentially aligned there when I asked you that follow up question because that's kind of where I'm landing. 
Um, I think that mechanically, there's um, all of the trappings of the old school Assassin's Creed, which I did want. It's that it's it hasn't really been modernized to feel better, to feel more streamlined or more responsive. It's taking place in, I think, arguably the most uninteresting setting that I've ever seen the series take place in. Um, and I think it's happening with a story that I think is also one of the driest and worst I've seen in the series. It's dry. So, so I think that the idea of going back to the roots was admirable and I applaud them for doing that. But I think that it, going back to the roots deserved a better project than the one we got where it's this DLC turned standalone that's uh, leftover characters from Valhalla that you may or may not know if you didn't play 160 hours of that game. Well, and actually, you have to you have to know the ending of Valhalla to, to actually uh, understand a lot of what's happening here, which is yeah. crazy. Which, hi, I don't know the ending of Valhalla. Because I, yeah. I, I dropped Me off. Me neither, I don't after, either, yeah. I dropped off for 20 hours because I wasn't going to play 30 hours and wait for it to get good. Um I think that the the overall feeling that permeates through this entire game is datedness. And it's not because the formula is the old school formula. It's that they didn't bring it up to speed with 2023 um, sensibilities from a gameplay mm. standpoint. So when you talk about, when you made the example of the parkour, it's it feels like the old school stuff, but it still has the janky clunkiness. Yeah. I expected that stuff to be addressed, especially yes. if you're making the decision to go back to this old formula. Then then it le the least you can do, since it's not as big of a project as the big RPG Assassin's Creed's, is to get the mechanics in a better place than where they were 10 years ago. I literally, Pablo, I downloaded the first Assassin's Creed on my Xbox with backwards compatibility. With the exception of having to hold the right trigger to do everything you do in the first game, that is the only thing that makes those two games feel any different. And so the fact that this game came out in 2023 and it is marginally more streamlined from a gameplay standpoint than what I played with the very first game in the series, to me, yeah. is is a downright crime. And I think that that rolls into the combat, which I totally agree with you. The sword combat is atrocious. And I thought, so oh, bad. maybe this is just because I've been playing a lot of Lies of P and I'm kind of, you know, I like that the dance that that game is and I'm coming back to something that's more light. No, it's not that. It's just genuinely bad. It's right? bad. And then you have even the presentation. I don't know if you have any notes on that. Even the present, that is one of the oldest and ugliest games I've played from a AAA studio. You mean in the way it looks? Yeah. So I, I would, I, funny thing is, I actually went back and I downloaded Unity because Unity was a game that was much maligned and people were really critical of it because it, it launched in a very bad state. Yeah. And yeah. I'll tell you right now, Mirage looks better than Unity. Barely, barely, bro. barely, and and Unity is a what a, a six seven year old game at this point. I think so, yeah. And and this is the first time that Anvil Engine came into play with Unity. It, it's the it's the basis of what all the other games were building off of. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense yeah. why it looks so close to it in terms of visually, uh, graphically, uh, you know, f fidelity. But the fact that Mirage looks just 
marginally better than Unity. It's crazy to me. And and I think I think what's happening here is that the setting itself, the brownness, the dryness, literally it's set in a desert. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that doesn't really uh help it. There are some there there are some of the CGI stuff, the the cutscenes and some facial things with the main characters that are actually kind of nice, but there, when you're in game, when you're talking to people, they have these dead eyes, and they don't. Uh, sometimes they're not even looking at you, and it's like, okay, what happened here? Because even as as a DLC, like you would think that this game would still carry over the stuff from Valhalla. This feels like a downgrade from Valhalla visually as well as everything else, honestly. And, yeah. and Valhalla is not a game that I particularly enjoyed, and I played thirty plus hours, and so supposedly it got good, mm-hmm. and it got. It didn't. It didn't get good. So <laughs> yeah. the fact that Mirage is barely, um, barely hitting that is crazy to me. Now I will say I, I, I don't. I don't agree completely that I think it's terrible. I am finding enjoyment in the game itself, but this is not a game that's going to end up in my top 10 list uh, of the year. It's not a game that I don't even know if I'll get to finish because of other games that are coming out and games that I'm currently playing. Plus, I'm actually new game plusing Lies of P until I get tired of that. So there's a lot of stuff happening where this game is fighting for attention from from me. And it's not a priority. and, And it's a brand new uh, Assassin's Creed game that is going are harkening back to the games that I loved. It's crazy. It's crazy that because if you look back into like my most anticipated lists uh, in terms of throughout the year, Mirage is always there because I wanted this. And mm. yeah, it's not very good. It's not. It's not at all what I thought it was going to yeah. be. Unfortunately, I, dude, I I was out when I went to. I stopped pretty early. Um, I when I got to the first. I don't know what to call it, a tower thing when you stop and you kind of scale the map around and blah, blah, blah. And then you do the leap of faith off of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to the first one and it did the swooping camera thing around the whole city. And there was nothing but just brown, bombed yeah, yeah. out buildings. In old games from yesteryear, there would be landmarks that you would know, like historical landmarks that you go, yeah. oh, crap, that's. This chapel from you know Rome and blah, 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 blah. and you would want to go and see that and explore that. When I got up there and I had that moment, I'm like, there isn't a single thing that I just saw in that was supposed to be this awe-inspiring moment um, that made me go, oh, I want to go check that out. And that's and- when I knew I was done. I'm like, there's nothing left for me with Assassin's Creed anymore. There just isn't. And, and it may be historically accurate, but. That's the choice of the developers that chose that exactly. that, that to 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 build the game off of. I will say this though, I don't want to go back to the huge RPG 100 hour thing because I know next year supposedly the feudal Japan, the Assassin's Creed Red is supposed to come out. What I would really want is an amalgamation of that and this into bring it into the into the future right but i don't know if they are capable of doing that because they're not even capable of emulating their old school formula to to a perfection let alone now have them rebuild what they did with that and then take what they've done with all the new assassin's creed games and make something new of it i don't trust that they'll do a good job i'm with you on this one i will i will say that this definitely kind of put me in the mind in the mind space where it's like 
okay, Assassin's Creed is no longer a viable franchise for me. It, yeah. It's not. And, and I, I think it's a shame on me thing where it's like every year the new one that comes out, I'm like, this might be the one. I did it with Odyssey and uh, with Origins, and Origins hit for me. I think Origins is, is, is a great game. Uh, and then Odyssey, I, there's no way I was going to put 120 hours to see the quote-unquote true ending of that game. And then Valhalla was like, fuck your time. We're going to disrespect all of it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, 30, 30 hours in, it takes you away from the big open world and puts you into this weird moment in the game and it's like man they're doing too much here and here they're too and not enough they're not doing enough <laughs> it, it, there's no there's no in between with them and that's and that sucks yeah we'll put a pin in that because you know one of the topics we're going to talk about in in later on in the show is uh is is our games getting too long uh and we'll sure. be talking about that with one game in particular it's getting some controversy so stick around for that listeners but um i'm with you though uh i, I yeah. think to me Assassin's Creed for perspective was once like a top five all time franchise for me back in its heyday. Yeah. Um, I remember like you, now you used to now save it's that. Gone. It's I remember you used to save that game for like your your Christmas. Yeah, dude, that was yeah. the holiday like ritual, bro. And now it's like yeah. I I can't touch these games with a ten foot pole. They're just not. They're not the talent that used to make Assassin's Creed great is clearly not there anymore. And what's left now or don't is care, yeah. yeah, and what's what's left now is just kind of the the cash grab. Let's let's milk this franchise for every drop that it can it can give us. Type of teams that I think mm-hmm. just don't don't understand the formula. The only the only way I come back to Assassin's Creed from here on is if there's a full scale reboot. That's all that that's yeah. that's the only hope they have now because the story's too wonky. The 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 games are getting more drab and dry by the by the year. And I just can't I, keep up with that. I don't want to. I would love a reboot of the series and then completely taking the Abstergo part completely out of it. See, I, I want it back, to be honest with you. I miss that. I just, I, well, I mean. Because it, what feels, I, what I, it feels listless and aimless without having some kind of reason for being in these past settings. Sure, but I mean, but that's that's on the writers, right? To make it not that. Oh, I agree. If yeah. I, I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, I, but I just I I just want something else, and and shame on me already because I I'm not gonna lie and sit here I'm done, because I've been wanting a feudal Japan Assassin's Creed for the longest, and Dude. and red and red is and red is supposed to be that, and so if that's the case, mm. I am going to play that game. Mark my uh, words, yeah, that game is going to be a a disaster. I'm calling I'm, it. I don't even I don't know why I feel that way. I can see that being one of the most disappointing games of all time. I can see that because yeah. everyone's been waiting on that. And We're waiting on right it, yeah. now, their teams do not understand Assassin's Creed well enough to make a good game again. I yeah. can see that being like mm, that. Put a pin in that too. We're gonna put. We're, we got. We got a lot of pins today. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, but uh, kind of a bummer uh, for Assassin's Creed. Uh, fans like myself but hey maybe some of you out there might like it i I, you know this is just two opinions among many opinions some people are actually really liking it so this is just how we feel on the show um but uh why don't we move on pablo um because you know uh racing games are Mm. a niche little thing that um you know don't get talked about a lot but you know look forza motorsport has been the subject of a lot of uh discourse online Obviously, a lot of comparisons with Gran Turismo 7, predominantly for the console warrior, you know, flame baiting happening online. But uh, nevertheless, Pablo, we've actually had a chance to play some Forza. 
Um, and, you know, uh, we both, uh, you know, come come to Forza with some, you know, unique backgrounds with sim racing games and, and our experiences with, you know, those those titles over the years. And uh, I think this should hopefully be an interesting conversation, predominantly for, for people who are somewhat casuals like we are. You know, we're not we're not. Yeah. Listen, we don't have the steering wheels. We don't have the whole driving setup. We're not those types of people. Uh, but I think you and me both do have an appreciation for these types of games. And so we do. Um, yeah, this is uh, I, I think this will be helpful for people who are kind of curious, but they don't know if this type of thing is right for them. Um, so, Pablo, I want to give it to you first here. Um, you know, uh, I'd love to hear a, a little bit about your your history with Forza and then kind of what, you know, this new game is doing for you so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always said that I think Forza Horizon is the kind of arcadey experience that I like. But when I look back in my history uh, with these games, uh, going all the way back to like Project Gotham Racing, mm. I kind of, I, I think I, I, I've just said that to myself. But I think I've always enjoyed more the the more simmy aspects of of racers. Um, for example, I'll tell you, I know Forza uh, Motorsport Seven. I put so many hours into that game, and I, I if you were to ask me did you like that game i was like yeah but i i would rather play forza horizon it's not the case i mean motorsport is the one that i put the most time into it and i'll give you kind of my journey through this experience here um coming into forza motorsport i uh and the presentation the way it starts off it's pretty much what you would expect i mean they talk about cars it's like do they want me to drive this thing or fuck it right the way they're talking <laughs> about the car and honestly you know, I, I, why are you like <laughs> And honestly, I'm down for both. Uh, but oh, God. Listen. There's a show that has weird fetishes, and there is a guy that bangs cars for real. Yeah, well, I wouldn't like you to put my shit out there, man. Oh, wow. But um, the, the thing is, is like get, getting right into this, uh, you know, it puts you into the action immediately a lot like uh, Forza Horizon did uh, uh, back in the day. Or, I mean, Forza Horizon 5 did where it starts you off with a with two races, you know, to kind of, kind of get, a deal. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and and it's cool. I I I thought that was cool, and then getting into my first kind of like uh, uh series of racing, I I played through that. It's fine. I thought I had I had a fine time, but here's what I did. I went into the settings and I and I, and I put assist mode on. I didn't really mess too much with the difficulty. I kind of left it as easy as I possibly wanted to do it. I kind of was trying to shape motorsport into that arcade racer, right? And here's the thing. If you want to do that, you can. And it works just fine. Yep. In my first series, I did it exactly like that. And it was kind of like a, a decent experience where I really wasn't even... I, I it was just kind of like, oh, okay, this is cool. And then I, I, I was like, man, I'm not gonna, I don't think I'm going to play this game much. But what I did was in my next series, I was like, okay, let me take off assist mode. Let me go ahead and put fuel management. Let me go ahead and put some tire management into this. Let's go ahead and up the the difficulty with the the other drivers in terms of their of their speed and how fast they go. Let me go ahead and put myself a little bit back on the block starting off in the races just to kind of give myself a little bit of a challenge. And as soon as I did that, the game completely transformed for me. It, it, it just became, I was engaged. And that's the issue with a lot of racing games where I'm playing it and it's kind of like mindless. I'm just there going, you know, and it's just in my head. I'm the, I maybe listen to a podcast in one ear and just kind of like, all right, cool, join it. But with all those options off and playing this as sim as I possibly could, bro, I 
in it. I'm like, I'm glued to the to the screen. I'm checking my fuel consumption. I'm actually messing with my fuel consumption to shave seconds off of my time. Um, I'm looking at my tire. I, I'm looking at all these things. It's like, okay, I may need to do one pit stop in this race because it's 10 laps, whatever. I, I, I'm actually pre-planning and then executing that plan while I'm going. It, it just completely changed the game. And honestly, I don't think I've ever played a, Foz, a Forza Motorsport like that. I, I, I've had some options, especially with 7, where I, I the fuel system and the tire stuff. But I, I the fact that all the options that you have here to kind of uh, cater this game to the, your to your play style, the fa- I, the way I mess with those all those settings, the game is... I'm in it, man. I am completely just nice. trying to do everything I possibly can to shave off those seconds. I'm, I'm doing the auto-tuning, and then I'm going in and tuning the car to how I like to drive, which is like, I'm good with the speed, but I'm more with the handling. I like that a little better, so I'm, I'm doing all that. I'm getting into the weeds here with, with car tuning, and I don't know shit about cars, but I know what I like, and I look and I know what I'm looking for, and in particular with that class of car, with that class of race, and I'm just completely enthralled with, with the experience here because it is it is captivating in a way that I never really experienced with any racing game ever mm. before in my life, and I, I'm just having one hell of a time with it. How about you, Marco? Yeah. So, um, first of all, I'm I'm really happy to hear that that it's 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 hitting for you. Uh, yeah. You know, and I I, I have um, kind of a a unique way I want to tackle this conversation uh, from my point of view. First of all, let me kind of you know briefly you know I I've always kind of been you know fascinated with sim racing games um, to the point where I, I've played you know virtually all the Gran Turismo's uh, that have come out on PlayStation, uh, even the most recent one GT Seven. Uh, and I'll be talking uh, a little bit about the comparison between the two here, but um, you know, I, I I don't know much about cars either, to be honest with you. And I think the biggest hangup that I've always had historically with these games is that there's always a cutoff point for me where the game turns into car calculus, and it's like I yeah. I don't I don't know what you're asking me to do here. So there's always been a cliff that I that I end up, no pun intended, driving off of with. Uh, with these kinds of hey. games. <laughs> so um, now with that being said, I, I want to kind of, I want to walk the elephant out of the room, Pablo, because of the, the constant comparisons with GT7 right now. And I want to start by kind of putting some things in perspective for the listeners, especially if you're not big on, um, you know, sim racing games. Um, Gran Turismo 7 and Forza Motorsport have always been diet sim racing games um the real racing sims out there like the i racings of the world the accs of the world those uh in which are both you know pc games that are incredibly hardcore racing games so i think it's important to call that out because amid all this back and forth and this you know these this animosity between camps of console warriors I think it's important to call out that this is really a competition for third and fourth place in the sim racing scene. Okay, for sure. So neither yeah. one of these are the quintessential best. Now, here's what they are com- competing for, if you want to call it that. They're competing for the best diet sim racing experience. And I think that I've played dozens and dozens of hours of GT7. I really, really like that game a lot. And I will say that it is as good as many people say. Um, I think Forza Motorsport is a better game. I do. And 
and, and I want to be very clear as to why, because as for someone like me, and this is why I kind of, we preface this conversation with this, this might be interesting for people who are, you know, casuals who are just kind of passively interested. Mm -hmm. This is the most approachable sim racing experience that there is hands down. Yeah. The amount of, you know, Pablo mentioned it, the amount of like drive assist things that you can do to not have to sit here and sweat bullets to be the perfect driver. Um, the things that you get to do in terms of like auto tuning your vehicle without having to go and pick tires and pick an exhaust. And, you know, you don't have to deal with that if you don't want to. The game will do that for you. It gives people like us an opportunity to play the set it and forget it game um, under the hood and just enjoy the racing that we get the chance to do. And so I think, yeah, for the high-browed, you know, hardcore sim racing guy or girl, this isn't going to be it for them, per right. se. But if you are someone who is a casual slash, you know, kind of moderately decent uh, sim racing enthusiast of sorts, I think this game is going to really welcome you in in a very nice way. Uh, get you acquainted, make you feel comfortable with the mechanics and everything, and really provide an experience that is nowhere near as rigid as Gran Turismo can be. Um, Gran Turismo is always that it, it is that cliff game for me where, you know, I'm following along. I don't feel like I'm getting left in the dust. Like, okay, I'm keeping up. I don't feel like I'm lost. And then there's this, then something will happen where it's like, oh shit, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I don't know how to tune this car. Now I, I put some things in there and I took it on the road and now it's driving like a, a wreck. I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> you know, like it, that's not going to happen to you in this game. You get to really enjoy the cars that you're driving. And to that point, I actually like the progression system so far. Ooh. It seems to be a bit divided with some fans. I like the fact that it's not just drive this car for two races, win money, buy a new car. Uh, and I, you don't really get the chance to like sit with the car and, and learn with the car as it's like as you're putting more parts into it gradually as you're leveling up. I think that if you are a person that likes to tune your own car and add parts, I think there's a level of frustration there with the progression system because having to wait, having to wait for some weird, like yeah. I, I like, again, I don't know a lot about cars, but I do know that there's some changes that could be done when the car's a level eight or 10 that could be done early on that are going, that, that are going to greatly help your style of play. So yeah. I think if you're a person that wants to really get in your hands in there into the, into the, into the, the, the tuning part of it, I think it's a little frustrating that you have to do like three or four races to get that car rank up for you to unlock the certain things that you want to unlock. However, that's not something that I'm experiencing. Experiencing because there are certain tweaks that I do make, but for the most part, I'm auto uh, tuning, right? Or uh, and I forget what they call if, it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm going back in if I want to, and and, and changing a little bit of things here, the right. things that I understand how that works. So that's not really been a problem for me. But if I I could see it if someone's like a as a, as a gearhead and they know a little bit more than the average person and they go okay I want to put these fuel injectors in and this exhaust and <laughs> convert that whatever into something the fact that you can't do it unless you are like level ten level twenty in a car I think that there's um I think that could be a little uh, frustrating. Other than that, um I do agree I, I I don't really see the issue. But then again. 
I'm a more casual yeah. uh, player uh, in my approach to this game. Yeah, I also uh, I also want to kind of um, talk about presentation as well and visuals because that's been kind of hotly contested thanks to IGN uh, being IGN. Um, here's what I'll say: if you are a graphics whore and that's what you care the most about with either of these games, Grand Trust with Seven or Forza Motorsport. Um, the best way I can tell you to, to make a decision is based off of this. Cars look definitively better in Gran Turismo 7. Everything else looks better in Forza Motorsport. Every, yeah. The lighting, the ray tracing, the, the more realistic hues and color palettes all look more natural and more realistic. Gran Turismo 7 is a very clean looking game. The problem is, is that it's, it's, it's a very it's it's almost too vibrant to the point where it it doesn't look realistic after a while. Uh, and it it's a game that'll impress your eyes if you're if you're the type of person that's obsessed with pop and vibrant color. You know, if you like the the bright, bold, you know, kind of visual style, it's gonna be that for you. If you want something where it looks like hard to tell if that's real racing footage or not, I think your your best chance of that is gonna be with Forza with the exception of cars looking slightly less detailed than Gran Turismo. But um, in terms of sound design, I also got to give yeah. Forza Motorsport the advantage there too. And it, Gran Turismo 7 is no slouch. The sound design in 7 is excellent. Forza's is better. Uh, the positional, the you know, the 3D audio used from Dolby Atmos is in full effect. It it sounds really good. It's It's so good to the point where it's informational. It's not just like, yeah. oh, it feels like the cars are right around me. It's like, oh, there's somebody to my back, to the right, that I need to kind of make sure doesn't pass me because I can hear, right. you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. So I think I think that it is a much more immersive game for me. And I think that also, lastly, I think that the tracks just look more vibrant and beautiful uh, in terms of like the way the sky is lit. Um, yeah. You know, it, and that's the Forza effect from Horizon and have such. You, you know, have you driven in like heavy, heavy rain? I yet? can't wait. I've seen videos oh of it online. And I'm like, that looks insane. It looks it's insane. Crazy. Um, so yeah, what I love what I love about the 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 game and the way they do certain things is there's a you can't have this and I do have this part on is there's a track on the ground that tells you you know when to speed when when you hit the gas when to it's red mm -hmm. to break i love the fact that that can be obfuscated if it's the sun is hitting right on the track mm -hmm. on that end if it's raining too much it's hard to see i love i usually play like in third person where i'm like seeing the car itself but when it's raining like crazy i like to go oh. into that first person and it's and it's so great it's like it's they do such a it's good job stunning, and the game is bro. It's it stunning. Yeah. yeah. Um, two more notes that I have before we move on. I I like the clean user interface and HUD uh, yeah. for the racing game. Gran Turismo Sevens is very busy, and it's yep. it's a good kind of busy because if you're a sim racing person, you want that information on screen. If you're a casual, um, it could feel like a lot's going on. Yeah. Forza is a is a huge improvement in that regard. Some people will think it's too minimal to the point where it's not telling them enough. I think it's perfect because it lets me focus on what's really important, which is my driving and not, you know, all these different bars and meters on the bottom. Uh, so I like that. I also, I disagree with a lot of the complaints about there not being any music. I think this is just not oh. that kind of game. And even if you really care about music, Bro, what the cruising USA Duh. music? 
I mean, to, you, what? Spotify has an app on Xbox, man. Go get you the Spotify app if you have an account. Bro, I, play some damn music stuff, yourself, bro. It's just not supposed to be that kind of game where you're supposed to hear what <laughs> you, you know, Blink One Eighty Two blasting while you're you're trying to focus like, on your lines, bro. We're like, where th- I've searched high and low. Where the fuck is the music festival? Okay, where is that <laughs> happening? Um, I, I I I mean the, the complaints I've seen about this game. I saw somebody uh, on free camera mode. Like uh, zooming into like the side barriers. Of oh, the I saw track. that too. And oh, they're like, that, yeah, they're not that detailed. That's something that everyone does uh, when they're racing a freaking car at 163 miles an hour. Yeah, let's stop and yeah. look at what that little cinder block looks like. Come on, man, get the priority straight. It's it. You know, I, I hate to say because they because turn ten did turn got the turn ten got their priority straight. Yeah. It's time for you to do it. Yeah, not gonna pour love over a cinder block. Yeah, uh, that's, that's that's not yeah. gonna get noticed. That's the real priority yeah. right now. Yeah, I mean, I think the Xbox, you know. Uh, tax is still in full effect here with a lot of the, the criticism. And, and look, not everything's perfect about the game. I think it, you know, it's a little bit glitchy in some areas. I saw a little bit of quirks with the, with the menu use, uh, interface. I know there's a little visual bug or something like that for uh, reflections on cars and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But very minor stuff. Also, I, I just think people got to remember this is the start of a of an eight, nine, ten year long game that's going to have a lot of add ons, updates, quality of life improvements. It's that's why it's not numbered. So yeah. relax. Like I get. I it, will say. Know? I will say though that the um, the way they talked about the single player career mode, it being like RPG, was a little bit exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I it agree. is kind of. It's par for the course. Just, oh, yeah. Which is good. It's good. But because they made it seem like, okay, this is going to be an RPG kind of. And, and it's it's an RPG like MLB The Show is an RPG, right? Sure. Like, sure, you're you're dumping stats or, or, or tuning into certain things. But uh, really, at the end of the day, it's just more of what we've seen from Forza Motorsport, which is A-OK with me because it is... It, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. And I don't, I don't exactly want a, a a chatty protagonist. Come on, I gotta get these races in, man. Like I don't want anything like that. <laughs> We're gonna peel like, out and pull up yeah. on the ops. That's what the Need for Speed does. If oh, that's what you want, then you got, then you know the game to go for. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, it's just, just. I love, I lo- I love that I, fi- I've, I finally kind of, uh, really understood what all the fuss is about. Even though I always knew, it's just kind of now experiencing it and, and, and being engaged yeah. the way I've been getting engaged. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. I can't wait to get into like the into the F one racers. I've seen some footage of that mm-hmm. stuff. Dope. That's crazy. Looks crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is one of those games that are made to be that kept installed on your console that you keep coming I, back I to. It's not, you know, and I think that's where a lot of the patience issues come in with, with certain people that, you know, are complaining about the XP system and the progression system. Guys, it just came out and you're not supposed yeah. to have everything at your fingertips. If you want that, like I said, Gran Turismo 7's right there. You got iRacing, you got ACC, uh, you know, you got all that there for you if you want that. This is a this is a game that is trying to be for more than just the hard-nosed, you know, highbrow sim racing you know, guru. This is for everybody. And you guys are going to have to let people in if you want this genre to kind of be more than just your little back pocket, you know, niche thing that you like, yeah. um, you know, because Xbox wants to be a bigger deal. And I think they've, they've established a great foundation here, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I would say if you're really hung up on GT7 versus Forza, I think Forza edges it out um, personally. Um, opinions will vary depending on who you talk to. But that's just my perspective. 
Uh, but I definitely think it was worth. Um, you do know, you playing, think so? Do you think it's like if you if you're a a, a sim or like you said a diet sim racing fanatic and you own a PlayStation Five? Do you think you're okay with 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 Gran Turismo oh, yeah. Seven, or do you have to, or do you have to buy yourself an Xbox and experience Forza Motorsport? No, I don't think you need to buy an Xbox for this. It's not a, it's not that, it's not that kind of thing. Um, but I think if you have the luxury of having both consoles and choosing one over the other, I mean, you know, uh, and if you already have Game Pass, I, I you know, I think you're getting a better yeah, game and I, you're getting it on Game Pass, which you already own, right? Yeah, I did not play GT Seven for for the reasons that I thought I wasn't gonna like. Forza, Forza Motorsport. Yeah. But I'm glad that it's, you know. You would have dropped uh, off a GT7, bro. You would have been out. Yeah, yeah. You would have been out in like yeah. five hours, if, if that. Um, it, it For all it is, it's a great sim racing game. It is still very set in its ways and a bit stubborn uh, with its design. Um, and it just feels old and creaky in certain ways, too. And kind of corny as well. Uh, this is a cool kind of sim racing game. It's very clean, minimalistic, sleek. It, GT7, I mean, it literally, yeah, there's music in there. But you know what the music is? literally like you have these old ass like ragtime songs in the soundtrack bro like i'm not even making that up i swear i heard no i i um yeah that's one thing i did here and in uh that that gt7 is like it's like a museum for uh for a car it is it is that and it's it's great for that but yeah some of it is like Time to grow up a little bit, man. Or time to get young, actually. Now we're yeah. You know. But uh, let's go ahead and move on, Pablo. We've talked enough about uh, Forza for now. We'll probably talk a little bit more about it next week, potentially. See how we're still feeling about yeah. it. Oh yeah. But um, I want to talk about Redfall since we're kind of on the subject of Xbox. Um, Redfall received a uh, update two, which included the elusive sixty frames per second performance mode. Um, also added some other quality of life improvements, uh, fixed a lot of bugs, improved some visual pop-in, uh, some visual pop-in, uh, more populated with enemies, so on and so forth. A uh, decent amount of, of little tweaks here and there. Um, I got a chance to play a little bit of it. I think you downloaded it and played it. Did you play a little bit of it? No. No, I, I, did, I didn't. Oh, actually, yes, yes. Uh, of the, I did play my old save. Okay. Um, okay. I played about... Roughly like 35, 45 minutes. That I, the thing is, is I go ahead and talk because I didn't see any of the, I didn't see the 60 frames. Like, I'm not really like, uh, I'm not really like sensitive to that, but I definitely felt that there was a smoothness to it that yeah. I, that, that, that was there. Everything else that they said that they improved on, I, I, I didn't really like see a lot of. I, then again, I didn't put too much time into it. Yeah. For me, it's still just to give my quick overview, it still felt like, the same old kind of game like mm -hmm. it, it i don't think this is an a lot of people were talking about this update like it fixed uh redfall and i don't think that's the case yeah but, uh, what do you think yeah i mean I, I put about maybe an hour and a half into it maybe two hours um and that's about maybe two hours more than i wanted to initially but i guess i wanted to kind of feel it out in, in as much of a sample size as i could before moving on to other stuff that i was more interested in um Here's what I'll say. If if Redfall pre-patch was abysmal, I think Redfall post-patch is I. I think that's about <laughs> as far as I can go. I think there's still some things fundamental to the game's design direction um, that you really can't do a lot to patch out. 
but you can, and I think they've done a decent job with this update of making that stuff more tolerable, um, as well as just making the game uh, a little bit more interesting from moment-to-moment action, whereas pre-patch is like, I can't find an enemy, and I've been running around for like five minutes. Um, right. So th- there's less of that problem. Um I think little improvements like stealth kill animations are really, really helpful. Go figure an arcane studios game that has a stealth animation for a kill. You, you would, you would think that would have been out launch day, but Hey, we got it now. Um, I think that visually, uh, and gameplay wise, it actually feels a little bit better than I was expecting. Actually. Um, the, the performance boost does help it out a lot and feeling more responsive. They added new control sensitivity options, which is clutch for me because I've always, FOV. I've always, yeah. F- well, I think they had FOV before then, but I think it just feels more useful now. I don't think so. I, I, I one of the things is like uh motion blur and FOV, I think was added. Oh, uh, maybe I I'm think. thinking about PC or something. I could be getting yeah. my wires crossed, but anyways, I, I think that it does feel and control a lot better uh, in a way that I'm like, Oh, actually, this doesn't feel terrible. Um, I guess it just still comes back to I'm not interested in what the fuck I'm doing in this game. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't hold my interest. It still feels cheap in terms of the story delivery, the still frame cutscenes, uh, that just that I don't even know what I'm supposed to care about. Uh, it just doesn't feel like there's any real anchor to this game. Uh, in terms of holding my attention. So um, it is a more playable experience. And I think it at, at the best, it can provide a decent time for people. Um, at the best, I think it's an ordinary game now, which is a lot better than where so, it was a few months ago. But ordinary in the grand scheme of things is still a disappointment. So where do they go from here? Can they keep working on this game and improving it in any way? I mean, because I know that's that was the crux of a lot of people's issues with the performance stuff. And now that we have that 60, the, the much promised 60 frames update, is there anywhere else for them to go with the with the game itself? Because I, 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 I've always been of the mind that I don't think that this game is fixable. I think that the game is innately not good. I think, you know, it's it's a multiplayer game, always online, that you really can't drop in and out. The the upgrade system or the uh, for people who join games isn't good. The single-player aspect, if you want to play that way, it's not good. Boring NPCs, boring mm-hmm. characters, boring uh, uh, town and, and map design, all that stuff. The only way they can make this better, in my opinion, is to literally uh, change all of that. And in that, in that case, just make a new game game you know mm-hmm. so i don't know yeah. yeah what i would say to that is i think they are one patch away from doing as much as they can possibly do for that game i think a few more okay. quality of life improvements a few more technical fixes a few more streamlined this and that's a little bit better ai um which is a little bit better than it was around you know in the beginning yeah. but still very stupid that. um one patch away i think that is where they are from being able to say that's the best we got and moving yeah. forward. Uh, and I think that would be fine. I think at this point, I, I'm just glad they did it because like I said, a few weeks ago, we were talking about it. I would not have liked them just cutting bait and not at least putting out this patch to make good on their original promise. Um, because that would have made me lose faith in them for future projects. Now that they've done that, I feel like they understand the concept of rebuilding their goodwill. And I'm willing now more than I was before the patch to say, okay, I'm at least going to give your next project, whether it's Dishonored or whatever, 
um, more respect than I would have if you had just said, well, we sucked at Redfall, moving on, and not at least give us this. So I'm satisfied from that perspective, but the game itself, yeah, it's still not. It ain't that. It ain't, it ain't what it was supposed yeah. to be. But um, what is what uh, it was supposed to be for you, Pablo, was uh, Lies at P. We've been talking about yeah. that for the last few weeks. I just want to get your quick final thoughts. Uh, I think you said you rolled credits, right? I did, yeah. Okay. I uh, I finished Lies of P. And listen, in a year filled with incredible games and in some aspects, general, like, uh, uh, like games that will define a generation, you know, with Tears of the Kingdom and, and even Starfield for some and, and, and Baldur's Gate 3, Lies of P manages to still stand out as an incredible new IP. And, it, 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 and its premise is, is, is amazing. And the funny thing is here, my final takeaway from the game is that from even though this game does wear its inspirations on its sleeve, from software can actually take some notes from what Lies of P has done, particularly with with their weapon assembly system and the P organ thing that enhances and advances that that way more than just kind of leveling up your players. We're stat, not talking about thought, penises, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Just for the record. Oh no, I, I was. Okay. I was, I was, about, well, I was talking about P. Pinocchio is penises. different. No, but uh, he he hits different. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, it's but it's well to say, man. Uh, I think Lies of P ranks on like the top three, four of my all time Souls like games. Wow. Period. Yeah. So that's, so that's it's, what. What what's your ranking again? It, so of Dark Souls three, yeah. uh, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, and oh, oh, oh I, I, let, let, let's let me back up. Elden yeah, Ring. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Okay. Dark Souls three, Demon Souls. Dark Souls, and then probably right around there. Actually, I would just put Liza P at four. Honestly, it's just it's such an incredible experience, and I just I can't believe that that the game from start to finish had my attention. There's some boss stuff that that kind of feels a little gimmicky. However, that's that that's present in the from software games as well. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, there's some of that too. I think that the level design turns out to to be a lot better than I gave it credit for, especially with all the shortcut stuff. I think they do a really good job with that. Some some of the some of the levels with, with their they get really clever with their shortcut stuff and I, I really I, I like that a lot about the game. Um the patch that came out uh recently that kind of uh it, people said it made it easier. It didn't make it easier. It just made it a lot more fair because there were some some field bosses that were ridiculous. Uh but I really do I really do think that this game is is, is an incredible game and there's it's definitely a lock in my top five games of the year for sure. Hey, uh right. it's 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 just so good. It's just too good. And um, the, the way the game ends is amazing. I, I I love that there's a story and and there's things and there's choices that you make that give you the specific ending to you. And then the tease that I won't tease that I won't give out to you. The tease at the end to what either the sequel or DLC maybe is fucking bonkers. Like what kind of levels of like what are they mm. doing? So I I can't I can't wait for what that is going to turn out to be. And this it, it's just. I love it. I I love this game to death. I I think it's great so much so that I I I finished it, and I'm rolling a new game plus, thinking I'm just gonna go a little bit and just play. And I'm like I'm I'm on the second boss right now uh, of the game. <laughs> so right. like it, it, it's amazing. I love I love it to death. It really is just an incredible experience. Very cool, man. Yeah, I mean, meaning to get back to it, but um, I've just been in the mood for Forza, and and that's about it so far. But yeah, I'm coming back to it for sure. Um, yeah. 
you also wrapped up Phantom Liberty. Uh, you, 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 yeah. you, you got the game wrapped up. Uh, we, we had a different kind of experience, I think, with uh, story yeah. ramifications, but I'm curious to know your final thoughts on that as well. Yeah, I mean, the game definitely picked up for me. Uh, some of the choices that I make uh, made kind of circumvented the issues that you had with your uh, story ending. I didn't have to go through the mission where you were... Last week, you said there were some fail states that yes. were in your particular ramp-up to your ending that weren't very good. I, I, I finished the game, and I, the ending that I got was the ending that I wanted, but it wasn't the ending that that unlocked the alternative ending of the main game. So I, I reloaded my save and then did that ending. And let me tell you... Uh, that is one of them. There's a lot of games out there where you get the quote unquote bad ending and you're like, oh man, that sucks. And you move on to the next. This is one of the first, one of, this is the only game where I got the quote unquote bad ending and it broke me down, bro. Like I was like depressed. I'm like, um, the thing there, there's a choice that they do with a specific camera movement at the end of that game that they've never done in any part of that game and, and it's just like it's devastating because of what it means you know I'll give a kind of context like basically another face in the crowd type of th- scenario mm-hmm. and then the game just kind of pans out pans out and it is just it's absolutely it's, oh. it, it, it it just makes me. It just made me. It made me feel terrible. I mean, and then at the end, there's credits, and then there's other aspects of the story that kind of wrap up in these little voice messages that you get. Continue to devastate. <laughs> it's 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 just it's an absolute. It it's just like man, mm. like, the, and I, and I think for me, and this is just my personal opinion, without giving away the ending, I think it's the fitting ending. I think it's for me the true ending because of all the things that V has gone through to kind of give him that ending because of the choices that he makes and then where he ends up in the world of night city. I think it's fitting. I I think that, that that's exactly where that game needed, how it needed to end because, and I almost felt like that's the ending they wanted, but because it's just too depressing that they didn't have it in the original <laughs> game. And with, uh, with uh, Liberty, uh, with Phantom Liberty, they're like, okay, let, let's kind of give him what we actually, how we think the game is going to end. It's, there, there's like a little dialogue option with, with, with Johnny, uh, as you, uh, finished the game also destroyed me uh he actually says your full name at the end of that game and you're like he never really does it. that yeah that was no no that was a moment he says he i'll say it right now he goes he goes uh don't worry about it, something vincent today's been a good day and then it goes into black and you're like no johnny <laughs> man it's so good oh, i i it, it's it, you know, I, I've always thought, and I've always sang the praises of Cyberpunk 2077, and I, it, admittedly, I think that Phantom Liberty did start a little bit uh, uh, slow for me, but it ended up being a necessary uh, component to this game, and I think anybody who's not played uh, Cyberpunk, uh, I think that you have to play it alongside with, with Phantom Liberty as one experience, and I, 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 if you like Western RPGs, I don't think you're going to come out this disappointed in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I, I know I went a little hard in the paint last week about it um i think i've kind of softened my stance a little bit particularly because they put a patch out that fixed a lot of uh, things that were kind of irking me uh so yeah. you know i think it's in a good place now again i just think that that start you know with just seeing one bug after another after another just really no, started, man, just... you know rightfully graded on me after a while but i i still think that the story content is incredible stuff uh with some with some you know dry spots here and there i think it's great but uh yeah, yeah i'm glad that you uh you and you know, you enjoyed yourself and the ending uh, ripped your soul out uh, because yep. that's, what, that's what Johnny goes through. Anyways, yep. 
we need to kind of <laughs> so killer. <laughs> we need to move on here, Pablo. We have lots of more. Uh, lots of more. Wow, I can't speak. Uh, lots of more. Yay! Good and is uh, in the showcase uh, podcast thing. Uh, let's move on to the news segment of the show. That's what I meant to say. Uh, that we call hit points for breaking news, rumors, and booty juice. It's time for hit points. All right, got my English back under control here. Uh, hey, let's go. Let's get let's get rolling here, Pablo, because we got controversy on our hands, sir. Wow, shocker! Video game controversy yeah. never happens. Early reports are coming in, Pablo, that the campaign in Marvel's Spider-Man Two is roughly thirty hours long, which has sparked controversy among fans about whether thirty hours is too short or not. So, Pablo, I, I kind of wanted to, to tackle this uh, little situation here uh, on, on two levels. And, and first, I kind of want to start with, you know, do we think that Spider-Man 2's alleged 30-hour runtime seems too short? And then I kind of want to blow this open a little bit more with um, our overall stances about the length of video games as a whole these days and uh, how we personally determine whether a game is too short or too long or just right. So um, why don't we kind of start with the Spider-Man aspect of it, Pablo, and then we'll kind of branch off into the bigger the bigger discussion here. Yeah. Uh, what are you thinking here? Yeah, this is manufactured up in arms, mostly uh, probably uh, perpetrated by those who want to see Spider-Man 2 fail. This is like Puddlegate all over again. 30, 30 hours for a Spider-Man open world. Yeah, that's fine. That sounds amazing to me. I think that I think we have to, in my opinion, I think if you are going to give me a well-told story, a fully realized world, and you're going to put that into and you mix that all together and make an incredible game, if it's just 30 hours... That's okay with me. I I much rather a full experience, uh, beginning, middle, and end, uh, than a completely bloated, jam-packed game of redundancies that have you doing the same kind of activities over and over Nailed and it. over again. Yeah. And I, that that's that's just there's no way around that. So that's from, from the Spider-Man uh, uh portion of it. That's where I'm coming at. It's just, this is a total non-starter. This doesn't matter to me. If it's 30 hours, it's because they, they, they've made something here that's going to take you 30 hours and you're going to enjoy that. So that's where I'm at. There's, there's no reason to look at this and be like, oh, failure. I mean, where are we? Like, it, it doesn't make any sense for me. Yeah, I, I think this is um, a really interesting controversy because it it really and this is going to bleed into what we talk about, you know, as we expand the conversation. But I, I think, you know, it all comes down to what kind of Spider-Man game you want. Right. It, if you want um, a 20 hour main quest line that's action packed, a lot of awesome moments and you want like five, 10 hours of side content that's, you know, interesting, a little bit of collectathon stuff, a little bit of side quests that are optional that are cool, but not maybe essential. I think 30 hours sounds just fine. I think what mm-hmm. these people have to think about is, OK, let's say you want. Let's 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 go hypothetical here. Let's say you want a 60 hour experience, right? You want 20 hours. You want that 20 hours of main quest content and then you want 40 hours of other stuff like what? What do you want? Like, do you want, I don't know, twice the amount of collectible items scattered across all of New York? What are we talking about? Do you want the same? Oh, burglars are you know attacking this store go save the day spider-man and you got to do the same thing i don't know uh 50 times instead of 25 times like you would have done in the 30 hour version of the game like people have to think about what they're asking for when they 
talk about stuff like this. You can't just look at an hour count and go, oh, that's not worth my money. Because it really comes down to what's in those 30 hours that matters. If it's if it's 30 tight hours of no bloat, straightforward action, some side cons, uh, content, some collectible stuff, but it doesn't it doesn't linger then I think 30 well, hours is fine, you know, but I think people are just, uh, to your point, I think, and I don't like reacting to what people say on social media anymore per se, but I'm even hearing fans of the Spider-Man series saying this stuff, which is, oh, I waited all these years for the next full-blown sequel and it's only 30 hours long. Hey man, them's the breaks. It, it That's how it goes sometimes in, in game development. We're not all eager to play a 90-hour game like you are. It just isn't, it isn't reality for some people. So it's it's super bizarre, man. I don't I don't understand the the, the yeah. issue with it. I'm trying, I'm looking up here how long. Yeah, the first Spider-Man game it took 17 hours to beat the main uh the main story. Like okay. I it, this is like in line with just about every kind of uh, of uh, these kinds of games. It says here, yeah. So I don't I don't understand what people were talking about. Yeah. Uh, it, 20 35 hours at a completionist for the first Spider-Man game. No one seemed to mind then. No one seemed to I mind. I didn't hear then. about this the first game being too short. I didn't even hear a lot of people complaining all that much about Miles Morales, and that was uh, intended to be short. But people were like, "Yeah, it was a cool, short. short little game," and it, you know, people didn't mind that either. All of a sudden, it matters now. Why? I don't get it. I, I don't know what people are expecting <sighs> here, but that's that's typical of you know the the weird corner of the gaming community these days. But Pablo, I want to. I want to open this up a little bit more because I this isn't the first game where we've heard this is too short or this is too long or this is too this, this is too that. So let's kind of personalize a little bit. Let's talk about us. And I want to, you know, I'm curious to get your thoughts on what, you know, what constitutes too long, too short, just right. What what works best for you these days and um, yeah. what feels like it overstays its welcome. You know what I mean? Kind of riff from here. Yeah. For, for me, it's if the game feels content complete. Uh, it, it, even if it's 20, 25 hours, if the developer made this game and it feels like, like I said, it has a beginning, middle, end, whatever that total hour is, that's okay with me. Like, th- I can only really think about one game that I played that was like abruptly finished. It felt like they just ran out of money, and that's Rage, which was like six hours or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck like this it was or was it rage no it was rage it, it, it just that was the only game that i can really think about that was like way, way too short but then there there are games there are way more games that i find to be way too long we just talked about you know, assassin's we, we, creed right we just assassin's creed i mean look even the beloved starfield there's some things that you do in that game that's like okay maybe this didn't need to be there like there's just so many games that are that are 50 60 70 80 90 hours where I, they don't need to be that long they just don't because it comes like I mentioned before. It just comes down to it being redundant. You're doing the same kind of things over and over and over again. Now, if that's something you want to do, you that's fine. That's that's okay. But in terms of what I want, I want a game, particularly a game that that single player, to tell me a great story, have incredible characters, and leave me in a place where I felt like I've experienced what the developers wanted me to experience. And now. Now, you know, in my late 30s with a child, I'm married, you know, work, a 30 hour game 
sounds like heaven to me. It sounds like just the right amount of time that I want to play a game before I move on to the next one. Now, if I was a person that played one game a year, there are plenty of games out there for you. Spider-Man's never been it. So that's weird that, that they would put that on that game itself. So it, it just, for me, it just feels like a, like, like a really weird, it, it, like a really weird kind of po- point of view where it's like value equals time. But if you're playing a single player game, don't you just want that story to be good? Don't you just want that experience to be well done and, and well thought through? And, and so for me, I, 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 any game at any length is viable as long as the developer has proven to me that that's exactly what they needed to realize their entire vision in particular if it's a single player game itself so it's like like grand theft auto 5 is a perfect example of a game that takes about 30 hours to beat the the main story and you can do so much more if you wanted to because of just the stuff that happens in that game but it's not you don't have to do it to enjoy the right. game. So, like, there are ways of doing it to where, like, you can actually feel content complete, but then other things keep popping up in that game. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 does the same thing, where you could put 50, 60 hours into that game and be fine. Sure, if you put 100, you might see things that you haven't seen before, but you can get story done within that time frame. So, you know, it, it, that's that's kind of where I'm, uh, my stand is. Like, I don't I don't think that there is such thing as too short unless it feels incomplete. Yeah, I, I'm with you on almost everything you said, honestly. Yeah. I think that when I think about my gaming experiences, I've played um, long games that are too long. I've played short games that are too short. I've played, I've played short games that are too long. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you, yeah, you didn't yeah, even yeah. need to do all that, and you're still a short game. Like I think, to your point, it all really comes down to the vision of the developer being real, uh, the, the developer's um, you know intent being realized the way that they wanted it to be, and they're not necessarily you know, forcing you to just suffer through a long playtime for the sake of suffering through a long playtime, a la Valhalla, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, I even think about Final Fantasy 16. You know, that's a that's a 35-hour RPG that I think is so padded to fucking oblivion and back that it really should have been a 15 to 20-hour game Minus all of those boring ass fetch quest, go literally go and pick some dirt for me and put it in a bag while you're saving the entire universe from complete extinction. Right. Uh, type of side quest. <laughs> like, so I think to me, the, my biggest sticking point with, with play length uh, for, for games is don't force the issue on me. Make me com- right. c- compel me to want to stay in your game for a while. And I'll do just that, you know, just don't, don't, don't ask me to sit here and suffer through, well, you can't, uh, you know, you can't, um, you can't uh, progress until you do three or four quests. I think, uh, Assassin's Creed games do that. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Gotham Knights does that. Um, uh, even Cy- even Cyberpunk does that do. sometimes, like, where it's like in two days. And yeah, shit. yeah. And it's like okay, or like fifteen thousand uh, dollars is what you need yeah. to talk to this person, oh, those, and it's like, mm-hmm. and I had I had three dollars <laughs> to my name, and every issue was like fifty bucks. I'm like, what a what? Yeah, no, yeah. that's that ain't it for me. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of stuff that bothers me. Uh, so as long as it's a focused experience that knows what it wants to be, achieves that, and doesn't care how long it ends up being. Uh, then, then right. I think I'm cool. I, I think my biggest annoyance with people who complain about it is they attach, they associate runtime with price point. 
well, 30 hours at 70 bucks is not worth my money. First of all, and second of all, no one forced you to buy the game at full price to begin with, champ. Right. You could wait. You can wait till it's on sale. You can wait till it hits PS Plus or Game Pass or whatever service it might come to. No one's making you buy the game at any price you don't want to pay. You can wait it out. I'm also, so, I'm also tired of the conversation. Games are $70, so they should be longer. No, $70 is the barrier to entry now. That's what games cost. You can't expect a developer to be like, hey, since we're charging $70, let's go ahead and put 70 plus hours of bullshit. <laughs> like, that's not what we want. That's not that does that does not make a good game. Length doesn't make a good game. Example, Valhalla, uh, uh, Odyssey, 200 plus hours in those games. For what? Like for fucking what? It's ridiculous. It, it really is. I, I, it's a dumb notion that this amount of money. What happens when with if prices go up in, in a couple of years? They're eighty dollars. So we need seven hundred hours worth of time in order for you to buy a game. <laughs> uh, like for come real, on, dude. That's I don't know what yeah. people are expecting anymore, man. I, I think it, you know, obviously different strokes for different folks applies here as an old adage, but I think at some point, um, people just have to stop playing armchair developer and and you know. These games have to be what, they, what they're going to be, but also these developers have a responsibility as well to not um, hold gamers hostage because they bought your, you know, your, your video game. Um, you know, yeah. get your get your intention right with your with your project, and you know, just, don't don't make me play just, the game for the sake of you know keeping me here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I hate that it's feeling. The, it's the only industry where this happens. Like, oh, movie tickets went up. I hope that movie's six hours long. What? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you really want to sit through Avatar times two? <laughs> no, you don't want that. Shit. Um, I, I, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I don't think nearly as many people watch that movie as, as all the, the hype and buzz said. Oh, it's the number one. It felt like nobody I knew It's the quietest, it. like, the quietest I've ever seen the movie reach, like, a billion dollars. I think it was like, a marketing really? campaign, dude, to say, like, let's say it's the number one movie, and let's, you know, and, and that'll well, get, that'll I mean, that'll spark curiosity from people who wouldn't watch it, so that they'll go watch it, and then that'll raise it up, you know, like, I, yeah, I'm tinfoil hat McGee on that one. Well, they gotta get that money in to, to show it, but I, I'm thinking that maybe they put that money in. I don't know, that's just me too, because that was the, I don't know anybody who's watched Not that movie a still. Not spirit. Not an apparition. Okay. <laughs> Not an apparition. <laughs> All right, let's move on, man. Uh, our second uh, news item here uh, revolves around The Last of Us. Buddy, Last of Us is in the headlines for two... Oh, my goodness. Two uh, surprising, head-scratching, uh, intriguing stories that I think we need to unpack sure. for a bit here. Let's start with the first one. Uh, we have rumors swirling, obviously, right now that The Last of Us Factions 2, which is the highly anticipated multiplayer game from Naughty Dog, is now, uh, quote, on ice, end quote, indefinitely. Uh, there's even a, a leaker uh, who has gotten a lot of things right that said it's actually flat out dead, just not officially. Um, so this news is kind of coming after Sony diverted resources away from the game after a negative internal review by Bungie. Uh, back in June, which we also talked about at the time as well. But how do we feel about this development? Uh, you know, w where do you stand on this? I think that this is just a very, very talented studio biting off more than what they can chew. And, and because this, the studio carries a specific um, thing they, in terms of their, their mark of quality when they make a game. Their single player games are incredible. But 
they now have to, they needed to make now the destiny two of uh, the destiny that was going of, of, of that was going to uh, relieve the whole experience of the game as service of Jim Ryan's kind of initiative here. And they, they wanted to make this more than just a multiplayer aspect of it. And I, I think that they, this is not their wheelhouse. I don't think that's what they do. And uh, by, by proving by the fact that Bungie, which this is their wheelhouse wheelhouse came into this and thought it's not quite right. You guys aren't doing it. And I think that that discouraged a lot of them because they thought they were onto something. And I, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad that they had kind of like the wherewithal and honestly, probably just a leeway afforded to them by Sony to pull the plug. Uh, because I, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't see where this game actually comes out of that ice and, and, and releases in any way, shape or form, especially with like reports stating that studios, the devs inside the studios were not comfortable making factions anymore. So like there, there's a lot of that going on as well. So I just think this is a studio that does incredible stuff. Sony's probably premier uh, studio and they went into a, a section of video games that they're just not good at making, at least not yet. And so they, this is where they're at. And this was, if this was at EA or, or Ubisoft, this shit would be coming out in whatever state it's in because they need that shit to come out. And But yeah, that, that's where I'm at with it. I just think this is a studio that, that bit off more than what they can chew and, and not really in their wheelhouse here. And so they're paying the price for that. Um, yeah, I think we kind of diverge a little bit on this one. Um, I think when it comes to biting off more than they can chew, I think the problem was that I feel like they were told to bite off more than they can chew. I don't think this was their choice to make Factions 2 into a games-as-service anything. I think this has been... To me, this feels like twisting the arm of Naughty Dog to make make this a games-as-service and make it a a viable one. And we're going to have Bungie come in and audit this thing. And, you know, not for nothing. Um, I respect Bungie. I respect their lineage, obviously what they did with Halo and you can't, I mean, you know, Destiny's not for us, but Destiny has, has withstood the test of time, but Destiny is currently from what I've heard from various people who are big on the game, it's in the worst state that it's ever been in. Why is Bungie somehow the, why do they hold the measuring stick? Of, of what makes a great games a service while Destiny 2 is circling the drain right now. Why is that happening? Why, why are they the tastemakers? Because they did one thing barely right. They have had years of issues with the way they price gouged people, with pulling the plug on certain uh, you know, PvP for Destiny that really pissed off the community recently. Um you know, inching along with just barely, you know, it, barely interesting updates, disappointing expansion content, and yet they're in the office of Naughty Dog telling them who they are. I don't get that. I Naughty Dog's reputation is ten times more reputable to me than what Bungie has but done. Not in, but not in that space. That's fine and, because yeah, and that all, and I guess where it comes down to is is what you believe. Do you believe that they wanted to make a games a service of their own volition, or do you think they were strong armed into it? No, no, yeah, yeah. Pro- because if they were strong armed into strong-armed. it, then yeah. who the fuck is Bungie to tell me that I don't know how to do what I already know I don't know how to do? Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I just think this because because yeah, people right. got to remember this 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 mode was supposed to come out with The Last of Us Part Two. And yeah, I yeah. feel like that it was like that else. was you know I, I, tinfoil hat again. But I feel like Jim Ryan was like, "No, take that out. 
We're gonna make it into its own fucking thing, and we're gonna make this games of service shit roll with your with this well, especially license. Especially after they bought Bungie, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's nothing to corroborate that, but I I just don't see how Naughty Dog would develop themselves into a corner, especially when they've uh, when the first factions was great. It's one of the best yeah. aspects of the first Last of Us. You mean to tell me they can't they can't do that again? You know, I, my my thing is like they can make factions two just as good as factions one. I just think that the the, the powers that be at PlayStation, i.e., Jim Ryan, looked at that and said that is not what we're supposed to be doing in 2023. If you're going to make a multiplayer game, it's got to be games of service or it's a waste of our time. And I think that's well, what ultimately spelled doom for this project, in my opinion. I disagree slightly in that I think that they they wanted out of their own volition to make factions to something more than one was not not the destiny like but something more and that's why they delayed it because that was back before they even talked about games at services being the of Sony's main focal point so I think that they delighted de- delayed it internally because they wanted it to do do something more I I I, I believe that uh, wholeheartedly however I think that it developed into something else especially with Bungie coming into the whole fray i I just think this is like a a a, a top level decision made by corporations because if you look at the numbers i mean you know uh what destiny has even in its terrible state is a loyal player base a loyal fan base like right now there's uh, 51,000 people playing this game and like you said at its worst state you know earlier this year it, i think it, it peaked at 316,000 players that was when one of the expansions like, launched or something like that yeah. yeah yeah so like they have a dedicate dedicated player base and i think when you look at at, at this stuff statistically uh, you know a lot of stuff sports you know uh economical margins when you look at statistics that really makes sense but when it comes to like what people want statistics doesn't really work like that and if you look at these numbers that i'm looking at you're like oh yeah they definitely have a dedicated player base and even a game that's almost 10 years old at 51,000 people playing it that's incredible yeah but i mean it's that doesn't tell the whole well, story and yeah, so i think yeah, exactly and i was gonna say like and yeah. also that that does not tell me that they know how to make a great last of us project those numbers don't mean anything in that context well, yeah what can you yeah, tell yeah. naughty dog about how to make a great last of us project when you're yeah. bungee and you don't do that that's not your wheelhouse yeah which I think is, I think it just kind of strengthens your argument in that I think I, I think that Naughty Dog wanted to do something more than what they did with the original factions. It just developed into this, into the but into the Destiny like. Because even Neil Drunkman talked about about the game uh, in Summer Game Fest last That's year, true, where yeah, he was yeah. like, "You're, you're going to have these incredible stories being told simultaneously throughout the world. It's going to expand the world of The Last of Us in ways, blah blah blah." And I think that when you look at when you kind of d- decipher and, and distill those words, he's describing. A, a shared universe game mm-hmm. and which Apex is what Legends. destiny is and s- <laughs> that's no way uh but i think that's ex- oh you know what it could be something like uh, that too point. but then i don't think destiny would be destiny would be uh i don't think budget would be involved in that but ultimately when i say more they what they can chew i think that i i still stand by that in that i think that they even if Sony strong armed them to to do this, I think that this is not their wheelhouse, and so they were never really going to do something that was going to be equal to Destiny. Like even though uh, they could probably do it better if given their own kind of like given a real chance to do it their way, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that way would would have been. But yeah, yeah, it's it's ter- it's it weird. Is weird. But it is weird. But hey, the next po- point of this kind of leads me to believe that. I don't know what's going on, Naughty Dog. Well, let's talk about it, because a LinkedIn profile of a Naughty Dog employee has let slip that The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered 
is indeed in development, which, mind you, would come a little over three years since the PS4's launch of, of the original Last of Us Part Two, and nearly two and a half years since it received a PS5 performance update as well. Um, so yeah. the obvious question here is, is does this remaster make sense, and, and how interested are we in this? It would make sense in that if they make this game look as good as the Last of Us One remake looked like, it does look just uh, as good. No, it, it, I there's been some comparisons that I've looked at. It doesn't. It looks almost as good, but I think a remaster, not a remake, a remaster could get it to that level. Now, would I be interested in this? Yeah, I'd be interested in this if they took the same path they did with, um, with Ghost of Tsushima, cuts, with Spider Man, Death Stranding, the ten dollar. The, yeah, the ten dollar entry point to get that upgrade. That, I would be okay with that. I think you know, obviously, I would like it to be for free, like Xbox does it. But that's so the way Sony does it. So let's leave that there. That's just the way that they do business. So I would be okay if it's a ten dollar upgrade to do that. I would do that. Sure, no problem. Ten bucks. Sure. I, I'll. I've been wanting to replay that game anyway. Where I would say it's a problem is if it's a remastered in the way that they're trying to make it seem like no, 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 no. This is worth fifty. 60 70 dollars that would be completely absurd and completely bullshit however i think the latter part is where they're going and the reason for that is because the show i'm the uh, show what what do you mean the 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 hbo show oh 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 the show is a good point but my other point was a little bit more um it's a little bit more like going at sony a little at playstation is i don't think they got jack shit coming I think that there, oh, there's a lull coming next year. You came to be spicy today. I, well, okay. I, I just think they have a, a huge lull coming in the next 18 to, to eighteen to 20 really? months, and they have to fill it with shit. Uh, and I think that if you're going to have Naughty Dog release a a, a remastered uh, part two uh, and then kind of co- do, do that with the, the, the show, whether it be an announcement or whatever it is, I think that that's where we're looking at here. The only other way, this is the third option, that I think that a $60, $70 option would make sense. Okay, re- let me retract that statement. <laughs> would make sense okay, to them is if there's, some, if there's some DLC attached to oh, it. Okay. Single player DLC attached to it, like a new story. Uh, like, uh, well, what was this, the one from? Like from, Left, uh, Left Behind uh, or whatever it was? Like Left Behind, something like that. Then at that point, I would be like, okay, Seventy is egregious because it's a, it's a DLC, you know. But I would I would look at it and be like, okay, I, I get why they think it makes sense, but I don't think that's the case here because the 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 way that that leaked it just showed it the, the leak was specific enough to where it would have said a new content or something, but they just said remastered. So I just think that PlayStation is is is, is doing the Nintendo thing. They're back pocketing they're back pocketing some shit and release it all, and it's not going to be anything interesting. It'll be like the last mas- uh the Last of Us two remastered seventy dollars. Holy shit, that mm. that's going to be a conversation to have for sure. Well, here's what I think, and I kind of tipped my hand earlier, half jokingly talking about the show, but I think that the HBO series is really what to me is the reason for this whole project's existence because. Obviously, they're trying to capitalize. Um, and, you know, I get it. You know, the show was incredible. And I even defended The Last of Us Part One being 
you know, redone because, you know, it's, it was almost a decade old. Uh, and yeah. contrary to what a lot of people said, I think that the, even the PS4 remaster of the first game still needed love. Uh, and I think it got plenty of that with this, with this one. So I don't regret what I said there. Amazing. This is a totally different story, man. Um, now look, I get it. There's a component to this that needs to be mentioned where the PC version of this is a big part of why this is happening too. Um, and so I don't mind it from that perspective. Hey, put it out wherever you can, you know, get more people playing this game, make money. It's a great game. I would love to see the PC community get their hands on this and hopefully not be creepy with mods and whatnot for Abby. Um, (laughs) that's neither here nor is it there, but here's, here's the thing. Okay. It, It is to your point, right? It all comes down to what are you asking me? a longtime Last of Us fan to spend on this game, right? I obviously don't want to spend $70 on this thing. I think any any mammal with 2% brain power is going to feel the same way, you know? So you, you are not going to sell me on, oh, it's got better pollen effects. It's got more... <laughs> more banjo songs from Homeboy, you know. More va- more veins. Yeah, more veins. You see more blood. On you Abby. see more blood spattering out of bodies. You know, like that's not going to cut it for your boy. Um, what is going to cut it is what you said. Give me a path to getting this game that is 10, 20 bucks tops. If you have additional content that's coming with this game, like a expansion or even like a bonus chapter or two, I'll give you my currency for that. I'm not doing I'm not doing this Jim Ryan shit though. If it's pay full price, fuck you, give us money, you like the last of us, buy it. You know, if it's that, no. I'm not dealing with that. I'm just not. Um and I love, I would love to play this this remaster. I'm I'm looking for a reason to play The Last of Us Part Two again for crying out loud. Same, same. But I, same. I'm not looking for a seventy dollar reason. So <laughs> it, you know, it's how interested am I? It that's on that's on PlayStation. Make me interested. Make me want this and not feel like I'm getting ripped off and then I'm there. But you know, it, otherwise it's yeah. just hard to it's hard to look at what's going on with Naughty Dog and The Last of Us right now and go, damn, really good trajectory here other than the show. Like, yeah. it's just, it's it's weird times for this franchise, dude. It's really weird times. It's just a weird time for Sony period. Uh, it really PlayStation is, period. I, it really is a weird yeah, time. But uh, let's go ahead and move on, man. Let's, uh, let's get to the main event of the show. But before we do that, listen, if you made it this far, if you like what you're hearing, if you enjoy... Uh, unbiased video game podcasts like ours. Um, we would really appreciate it if you subscribe to our show uh, right now. Uh, obviously, wherever you're listening to us, pretty easy to hit the subscribe button so you can keep track of our future episodes. But just in case you're wondering, we're also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google and all the other streaming services out there that you may listen to podcasts on as well. Um, and so that would mean a lot to us. Um, you know, we're a small time show. We're not backed. We're not funded. We don't paywall anything. So uh, your support and following us truly does go a long way. And listen, you can you can follow us now. Check us out for a few extra episodes from here. If you don't like us, you can always unfollow us and pretend like it never happened, like uh, most of my exes. Um, hey, <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. You know, mostly amicable on, on on most of those fronts, except for about three. Um, and uh, with that said, 
ladies and gentlemen, let's move on past my baggage uh, to the main event that we call uh, the Checkpoint Chat. It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. All right. I want to just say my, my dating life is in a great place right now, by the way. OK, don't 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 do that. Listeners, don't start gaslighting me. All right. I'm not the problem in the dating. I'm about to say you ever heard about the common denominator. Uh, yeah. Never heard of it. Um, never blame heard. others. No, just kidding. Uh, no, let's love it. Let's. Uh, well, right on theme here. We're talking about regrets. <laughs> um no so you know uh, you probably saw it on the title of the show uh you know that we uh we have some things that we're wrong about you know we're gonna we're gonna spend this segment uh eating a nice home-cooked freshly baked humble pie uh pablo's gonna take half i'm gonna take a sliver and we're gonna talk through (laughs) all of the things that uh we have said Throughout the course of this show, or even in our, you know, our, our old tweets from, from uh, days past that we look back on now, and we re- regret completely. Um, so you'll never be able to accuse us of admitting that we're wrong, because we are literally dedicating an entire segment to doing exactly that. Uh, so right. me and Pablo have each uh, picked five things that we've said in the past that we thought we stood by 100%. That we're going to own up to is just being dead ass wrong. Um, and Pablo, um, I want to start with you. I would love to hear what your hot take was uh, that you regret and, and tell us why. Yeah, some some of mine are verifiable through receipts, through Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and others are actually things I've said on the and show. Sorry, we're going to go so, around, Robin, by the way. Just uh, FYI for yeah, lessons. Yeah. Okay, so what, what is your first So. One? Yeah, Lies of P is a terrible idea and will be an even worse souls like clone. <laughs> now, now in, in my defense, in my defense, this was an easy hot take because obviously a game based off Pinocchio uh, yeah. and also tackling one of the most um, rigid and difficult uh, genres to uh, to emulate in the souls like. Like, of course, this game was going to be a failure on both ends. And not only is it not, it's actually successful on both to the point where it's about to be one of the best games of the year for me. I mean, look, I couldn't have been more wrong. It, it's, it's actually, I'm actually, I'm shook <laughs> as to how wrong I was on this one because on all of them, actually, oh, yeah. you, you're gonna, you're about to find out. I don't know shit about shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, we don't know what we're talking about. Why do we uh, yeah. ask you to follow our I show? It's a bad idea. I, I don't know. I don't know. Fuck all about shit. That's what I, that's, that's where I'm at. So yeah, that was one that I was yeah. very staunch on. I, I think a lot of people were too. And, and, uh, but man, yep, I was completely uh, wrong and I completely regret saying that because man, it was literally the opposite of my take yeah, happened. One, I, I, it sounds yeah. like it's one of the biggest surprises you've ever had about a video game. One of, one of. I, I, I can't think, I, I honestly cannot think of a game in the many, 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 many years, 25 plus years of gaming that I have under my belt, where I came into a game completely ready to be like, bullshit, and it being amazing. I think the closest was there, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Because we, we were both yeah, but like, that, eh. yeah, but it was more skeptical than well, like, this is going to bomb. Like Because because the studio behind it is a, is a right. well-known that, studio. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. They made, they made our, some of our favorite games, so it was more kind of like, Oh, I don't think this is this is the one for. But this is like <laughs> a nobody studios making this. This is easy, man. Easy hot yeah. take. This is like low hanging fruit. Nope. Dead ass wrong. Nope. You should yeah. feel sorry. Uh, you should be I, remorseful I for your words and deeds, as uh, 
Hideo I am. Hojima once said. Um, <laughs> my first one that I want to talk about is uh, is as follows. I said, acquiring Activision Blizzard isn't good for Microsoft. I look. I might have been tired <laughs> for the last four months. I don't know, man. Like. I guess where I was trying to come from was a standpoint of I felt like I felt like the ABK deal was getting in the way of other business operations that were faltering with Xbox. The first party state of affairs and the dry ass 2022. That was kind of the angle that I was coming from. But I guess I guess what I've realized is that, you know, yes, it may have played a part, but the the, the long term gain of getting Activision Blizzard King uh, under the Microsoft umbrella is going to pay off in huge dividends for Microsoft as a business and for gamers as, a, as, as consumers. Um, on the business side, I think I also undersold the, the, the importance of mobile. Honestly, it's not a sexy thing to talk about, but the fact that they can get their hands on some of those, you know, those bangers um, on the ABK side um, that's huge. That, that changes a lot. I mean, PlayStation is dying to get into the mobile space right now, and Microsoft is on the brink. A lot of people yeah, are. Yeah. And, and Xbox is on the brink of like getting really, really far into that now, and that's huge for them. And then, of course, the Call of Duties of the world and a lot of the IP that you know are pretty big deals uh, that come along with this deal. It, it's, it is a very important thing for them, and I think I just kind of sold it short, more so out of frustration because other parts of Xbox just weren't in good shape at the time. And I was yeah. looking for something to and blame, ex- you know. Yeah, and, and it accelerates a lot of their plans. Like, you know, you know, the, like I've mentioned before, Sony and Nintendo, they have a lot of history and they and they had a lot of time to build up their yep. brand. Xbox had half that time. And so this kind of accelerates that and puts them in the same kind of wheelhouse in the same place as those uh, two stu- uh, two uh, manufacturers uh, in a pretty quick succession. So it's it's um, it was a good move. Yeah. yeah. Well, what was your next one, man? Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. You know, when the economy was collapsing, people said the banks were too big to fail. Well, I said <laughs> Halo Infinite is too big for Xbox. They won't let it fail. Um, they let that motherfucker fail. <laughs> they, they, they let that. They let that shit fail pretty good. This oh, Xbox Series X was about to drop, and months before the drop, they say, hey, Halo Infinite is going to be delayed till next year. Absolutely. Do what you got to do. That shows me, as a consumer, that you care about this game to the point where you're not going to even give it a chance to fail. You're going to let it cook for longer. And then when it was re- announced released in fall of next year, a whole year of it cook. Oh, my God. There's no way. There's no way Xbox is going to delay this game for a whole year and then drop a dud. And more, they drop that dud. And look, I want to be clear. Halo Infinite is in a dead game. It's not a game that's a, a complete failure. It is gaining some kind of... Uh, it is resurging, kind of like, yes. Uh, it, yes. Resurging a little bit. However... At release, and the, the 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 damage that Halo Infinite has done to the franchise as a whole is 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 just is it's is is very damaging. The next Halo game is uh is gonna have to save the franchise because of the failure of Halo Infinite in in so many ways. And the fact that I thought that because they delayed it a whole year that this game was surefire a hit and is not gonna fail, 
and it failed so miserably it's it's just a terrible terrible fucking take on my part and it goes to show it it it, it doesn't matter who you are if the product you have just doesn't work it's not going to work no matter how long it's cooking. yeah there was uh i mean if it for for any of our listeners who've been around with us for a while i mean i'm talking like the episode mid 50s 40s i mean we got on this game's ayas um yeah. because it was just I mean, the mismanagement at three four three, the turnover. Um, I mean, just uh, having the the nerve to put the, the the multiplayer out early and said, "Oh, you know, we're so confident that it's ready. We're going to send it out now." And they didn't have that was they crazy. had no roadmap for what that game was supposed to be, um, short, mid, or long term at all. And then Infinite's campaign just kind of it was mid. At best, you know, and it was. It had good ideas, it did, but and some of it was good, some of it was fun, and some of it looked like, oh man, what happened here? But I mean, yeah, I mean, they they, they had a whole open world game, and, and and then they decided the latter half of the game was going to be linear for yeah. whatever fucking yeah. reason. Like it's just really weird ideas that they put into this game that didn't make yeah, sense. I, I mean, I was hoping that you would be right on that point, but man, that was a, was a bad time for Xbox, my friend. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Let me go ahead and get into my next one that I, uh, the hot take that I regret. Tears of the Kingdom is too much like Breath of the Wild to feel new. Oof. Too Oof. much like Breath of the Wild to feel new. I don't know what, man. Okay. It, well, look. Is there, was there cause for concern for people like, you know, yeah, it's the same Hyrule. They're kind of repurposing some things. I can, it's not like it's a completely, bonkers thing to be concerned about but right. i think that i was i was personally way too presumptuous about that and i came into tears of the kingdom super skeptical and um it's one of my favorite games of all time now man and yeah, it's it's what's so brilliant about it is that it kind of is a good deal like breath of the wild but it doesn't matter because the the things that are new and are different about it are so game changing that it yep. it completely makes the experience feel like brand new to me. And even the places that you're familiar with, you come back to and it's slightly different, or you have different, you know, obviously your 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 tool set with things you can do in the game, uh, with ascend and the way you can build stuff. It just it makes you Changes it recontextualize every corner of that game even the places that are familiar. And then you add in, you know, better dungeons, better boss fights, uh, you know, more verticality in, in the game and a better storyline in the game and a plot twist that I thought was pretty fucking cool for a Zelda game and really in general. And I'm like, no, I w as a, as a, as a huge Zelda fan, that plot twist was nothing like I've oh. ever seen in a Zelda I, game. Yeah. It, it, it is amazing. Yeah. And so it, to me, where I fell short was I got so lasered in on, oh, it kind of looks the same as Breath of the Wild that I really didn't stop and think about how much other stuff was going to be new or better or just flat out different that your eye test wouldn't necessarily tell you. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's definitely a game you have to play to actually oh, understand man. how different Truly. it is. And you know how hard it is to put out a sequel that is in the same location uh almost identical to it and then recontextualize that whole entire location add new areas and just kind of make that game feel as you play it brand new 
like it, it just it's it's it an amazing accomplishment yeah it really does it, it really does and i know it takes a long time to make games and six years you the the, the work is oh, in there you well see spent. they put six years worth of time into never this ran into yeah. a bug never uh-uh. and and it's running on a switch a whole, just to remind yeah, people i mean that's at this point like a cheapo tablet at this stage of the game right it really um, is. You got phones. You got oh, cell phones. Ray that tracing can now put more on uh, cell phones right yeah. now. What are we doing here? Um, but yeah, oh, I yeah. was. That's a hot take that I fully regret. I my bad. My bad, Nintendo. Um, but yeah. let's go ahead and move on, Pablo. What's your next one? Oh, my 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 next one is something that we've already talked about uh, in today's show, and it's something that kind of stems from last year. And I already mentioned this as well when with Todd Ho- well, not Todd Howard uh, when um, uh, Neil Drunkman talked about factions too. And the way he talked about it, I was like, I'm all in because this guy is a genius. The, the studio is incredible. And that is The Last of Us 2. Fact, The Last of Us Factions 2 will be the game that serves a success story PlayStation has been looking <laughs> oh. for. And that game, baby. <laughs> oh! And that's proven uh, recently to not, not, just not only not be true, just that game is probably never even coming out. It, which is nothing that I I, I never literally even dead wrong that to be game is yeah dead. dead wrong like dead 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 ass wrong I mean look it's again a studio with that kind of prestige and and just the reputation and the way they were talking about it I mean look Neil went out there and he played the the Sony executive so Sony he did uh, that. you know like he did to, that. To to because I mean I'm like this guy you know he short, Troy Baker's little by, high water wearing ass on stage too and oh and, you know and this and game uh, the, is gonna just everything yeah man and you're like okay cool I'm I'm in I'm here for it oh I would love th- what they're talking about I would love that yes more stories within that world happening all the time and, and just kind uh. of being. Uh, I mean that sounds yeah. amazing, and it's like if that's the if that's the direction, that's how they want to build their game as service. Whereas it, it is a game as service, sure, but it is it is rooted in its its story. I mean, I want that with I still mm-hmm. want that, uh, but the fact that that's not happening. Oh man, was I wrong? So wrong. Like like Marcos said, dead wrong. Because that game ain't even coming out, folks. Listen, there's also such a thing as blessings in disguise. Because if sure, that sure. would have happened, yeah. what would that have done to shift The Last of Us forever and in ways that we wouldn't get? You know, The Last of Us experiences that we want. You know, you never know what could have happened. Sometimes there's a cost of success, and you know, maybe we maybe we yeah. dodged a bullet. You know, it's almost like you know how some games die so that the next game can live, or, or you know, you know, Anthem dies so that blah blah blah. You know, th- yeah. that kind of thing. You never know. I mean, look. I mean, we're about to be how many years? Twelve? Was it twelve years by the time we see the sequel to Grand Theft Auto? Uh, because Grand Theft Auto Five Online was so successful that that's been their main focus. Like it's maybe we did Marco. Maybe this could have been incredible, but because maybe the success would have been too good to just give, just move on to the next project. It would have been another Apex ten years Legends. before we see the next. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Titanfall, Kill Titanfall. Yeah. You know, never but know. um, yeah, man, well, you never know. All right, my turn for apologies, Todd Howard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man, because um, I said, I said Todd Howard ain't who he used to be, you know. Um, I I said that this man's best days were behind him. I honestly kind of lumped him into the pile with Hideo Kojima, um, you know, in, yeah. in certain ways. I think this was more fraudulent than what I've said about Kojima. I still stand by a lot of that, 
Todd Howard to me made a great video game with Starfield. I guess I guess that's my perspective, which is already, you know, sounds like that's maybe in the in the in the minority, I guess. Um, nah. I don't know. Depends on where you go and where you're hearing things, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm of the belief that Starfield is excellent. Not perfect, but excellent. Yeah. Um, and so based on that, I don't look at Todd Howard as somebody who's washed. I don't see him that way anymore. I had reasons to feel concerned with the way that he was kind of hyping up Fallout 76. It's the best this we've ever done. It's the biggest that we've ever done. You know, and he's doing his brown leather jacket thing, trying to style and profile his way into what Fallout 76 was, which was terrible. You know, um, I was worried about that. I had, I, I think I don't necessarily apologize for that. I think I just kind of oversteered and I said, oh, he's, He's he's done. His days are over and we're going to get something that's going to be very, very much like, OK, Todd, thank you for your your legacy exit stage left. And it, it wasn't that at all. I yeah, think yeah, they, yeah. The, to me, Starfield was incredible. Uh, one of my favorite games of all time as well. Uh, you know, yeah, sue me. But it, it's true. I feel that way. And um, I do, too. Yeah. You know, hey, I think that he's he's shown that he's still got some some chops that, you know, he can still hang. I still think he's got some things to work on. There are some things about his style that are that are dated. Um, but, you know, that is something that I think is not just Todd Howard specific. I think a lot of longtime visionaries of the medium all eventually run into that roadblock at some point or another where they have to kind of figure out how to evolve with the times a little bit. So, yeah. And it's a little unfair for those kind of visionaries because it's like I've done the same thing. That's gotten me to the yeah. status of how I've you see me, and now you want me to do something. So. Yeah, and now you want me to do something different. So I kind of get it, but yeah, I think that I think that um, yeah, the, the hot take that you had uh, I did, never agreed with, but I do feel like it's close. I do feel like he has maybe one more game left in him, uh, just because of the age and yeah. yeah, and how long it takes to to, to make these games. Uh, but yeah, that's a good All one. Right. What's your next one, man? I think my list is proving that I am a corporate shill and have don't the say that and have people clip in, it and go look at this. <laughs> because I mean, look at look at these hot takes. These hot takes are like I'm confident that this corporation is going to do what they said they were going to do. Because my number t- my number two is when it comes to Redfall, I trust that Arcane Studios knows what they are doing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that age like now, milk, look. my boy. I love Arcane Studios. I know Marco is not a fan, but I'm a fan of their games. Games like even Deathloop are games that are conceptually don't work for me, but are but are well made. And I and the problem with Redfall is that conceptually it's different and it's also not well made. And I just thought that Arcane and and to my defense, they 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 talked it up. They they even called it an immersive sim experience, which is what I love about what Arcane does. There is nothing immersive simmy about Redfall in any way, shape, or form. And then later I find out that they were hoping and praying that Microsoft cancels their project. You know how un you know how uninterested and you don't have <laughs> and how much co- no confidence at all that you hope that you pray that the corporation that just bought you out cancels the game because that would have been if that, that would have been in the news cycle. Like oh, there goes the big corporate. 
corporation cutting and slashing things and when they should they have no idea arcane they didn't let them realize their vision arcane was praying for this game to be canceled and i'm over here saying they know what they're doing <laughs> now not only do they know what they're doing they've completely failed in so many ways that i that i think it's put a little bit of a blemish on arcane and i think they're again they're in a position again where their next game is going to have to garner back some of that goodwill even from a longtime fan like me i am excited that I, and i hope that um that I hope that their next game is uh it's gonna be amazing. Uh I hope that it is Dishonored 3. Uh and I have confidence that they'll at the very least meet the metrics that I want from an arcane game. But after Redfall, man, it's 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 hard to be like it's hard to be that confident in that. And man, I I I I, I towards the end right before Redfall came out, there was concerns. I'm like, oh, this game is not going to be good, is it? Not only, but it, it, I couldn't even imagine because it was not that it was not that it wasn't good. It's that it was actually actively bad. Uh, so yeah, it's that's where I'm at, man. I I, I actually said those words. <laughs> you know what you also said? I'm trying to find the text, but I can't find it in time. You also said to me, Redfall is a Marco ass game, and I think you're gonna really like it, man. It's got everything you like. Mm. I looked at you like what? you had just shot up heroin in your veins and in your arteries. Well, here's the thing. Famously, you're known to like bad games. So, and so I, you wait know, a minute. I, <laughs> I'm just Such as. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joshing uh, with you. Right, leave him out of this. Um, let oh, yeah. me kind of go. Uh, let, let, me, let me call PlayStation to the front of the congregation. Because oh, I said, put your hands on it. Because <laughs> I said, I says to y'all, I says, PlayStation Plus is actually a good service. You did say that. I let you. I let you say it too. <sighs> so I'm, I'm at fault too. Look, y'all. I mean, I work a lot of hours, and sometimes <laughs> sleep quality is, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, you know, I. I guess what it was, was I, I was excited that they were trying to restructure a subscription service to at least be more comparable to Game Pass. And by more comparable, I don't mean neck and neck. I don't mean, uh, you know, they're just a few good first party, you know, drops away. I, I just felt like it was cool to see PlayStation trying to move away from like the dingy PlayStation Now thing and try to combine that and make that something that felt more meaningful and more cohesive. Um, and I think they did that in terms of making, making the subscription model they had make more sense. Um, but the service itself, um, and I, and I don't mean to say that game pass doesn't have a lot of bloatware in it to pad numbers and say, we have over blah, blah, blah amount of games. Cause they, a lot of the stuff you see on that list is crap. Right. But I also look at what, PlayStation Plus is doing, and I don't really see the objective making all that much sense anymore. When you think about like, okay, you don't have first party day and date on on the service. Okay, that's one thing. Then when you look at like the backwards compatibility stuff, the PS3 is still streaming only, which is god awful. It it it, it feels terrible. Um, even the old PlayStation One, PlayStation Two classics, they're few and far between. And a lot of times, yet yeah, they're cool, but they're not really worth paying the what's now an astronomical amount of money. Uh, now that they have increased the prices by thirty five percent, you know, just to just to play a bunch of old ass games. You know, I mean, I I would love to play you know, the original Resident Evil and 
Ridge Racer Type 4 and, you know, things like that. Siphon and, filter. And they're but, gatekeeping. Yeah. And they're gatekeeping uh, cloud yeah, saves. Gatekeeping that. So it's like, you know, what am I getting out of this? And so, yeah, I mean, there might be a handful of games on the service that are cool. Like they put Horizon Forbidden West on there. Fine. Fair enough. Miles Morales is there. Cool. But it's like, yeah, but still, this this is just a very meandering subscription model. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think what happened with a lot of people is that y- y'all got got. Yeah, they made some changes and they added some games and it they made it seem like they were and moving towards more towards game game pass and really it was just a, a facade. It was yeah. just like, all right, we're putting these games on there and they haven't done much yeah, else. The cadence since has been dropping those. Yeah. Uh, abysmal uh, for the most part. Whereas you see on the game pass side, I mean, we're getting a lot of really interesting games coming out. The cocoons of the world and you know it, the list goes on and on. But Liza P, P. Yeah, you know? I mean. You know, it's just, it's a night and day difference. And I think I just didn't, you know, I didn't really see it uh, as clearly as I do now because I was dead as wrong. Um, dead as wrong. But Pablo, we, we, we've we we've had a lot of bad takes we regret, um, but we do have what we believe to be the two worst ones that we've said uh, that we regret the most. Yeah. Uh, what would be your number one biggest regret? <laughs> All right. So... <laughs> I've never seen you squirm in the chair like that, man. Well, I mean, Don Matrick, um, you know, announced the Xbox yeah. One, and to and everybody was like, "Fuck that! This is going to be terrible. The vision for this is awful." And me sitting in my sitting at home watching this, I'm like, "This is a bad presentation." But guys, Microsoft is going to capitalize on the success for Xbox 360 with the Xbox <laughs> One because because the Xbox 360. It was the second console they've ever made, and it was a out and out success. And they beat PlayStation for most of the for most of the run. How could they not just do more of that? Because that's what they want to do, right? Well, no, apparently not. Apparently, they took that success and wanted to morph the Xbox into something that it isn't, something beyond the the video game console. Make it the one piece of equipment you have in your home for tv for all Not that just they, TV, Pablo, they had movies tv tv, TV. <clears throat> that's right that's right that's right and they had like uh uh you know contracts with film studios to make exclusive films and tv shows for xbox they even they even managed to get some vi- some uh some uh video game developers like remedy to f- take full advantage of that and make uh, and make you know uh, Quantum Break, which I think is a fantastic game, and I do like the live Super action dope. stuff. I think it's a cool idea, but I mean that was the idea. That was what they said was going to happen for every game, okay? And even still, after that stuff came, I still thought that they were going to be able to capitalize on the success because, at the very least, they were still going to maintain the video game side of that thing as relevant as they possibly could, and it literally fell to the wayside exactly like they said mm-hmm. it was going to be. So I, I. I went into I went into a GameStop day one and bought an Xbox. And actually, let me let me rephrase that. My now wife, who was my girlfriend then, knew that I wanted this so badly, and she planned to get it for me for Christmas. And she said, "I'm going to get it for you early day one. We go there. I take her." Uh, which a day which could have been a beautiful date a night uh spend that money do that. And, and do Don't something do that. and we got i got an xbox one day one and for the next couple of weeks and even months i proceeded to play peggle, peggle. 2 uh uh it was just an abysmal 
abysmal launch and even just one of the worst game consoles i think of all time i guess it did get saved by by uh by um by phil spencer a little bit towards the end with the with the advent and uh, of of game pass and all that but we're seeing the fruition uh, of that come into play now but man however i however i perceive xbox today is how i thought was going to be the the way that they came out the gate with the xbox one and i i was i said this with my chest man i i went not only with my chest but with my wife's wallet and <laughs> i bought this whole thing uh and thought that this was going to be that just more of the same and it was not in ways that i could not even explain to you man what a fucking bust but hey hey from from the from the ashes did rise the game pass and and phil spencer so my sacrifice will not go unnoticed you know uh for shame for sure though man i'm gonna be a little sacrilegious here i thought there there was a sick part of my brain that still, amid all that controversy, I'm like, I still really, I still really like this. <laughs> I, uh, no, not, not the TV premise. I didn't like that. I just liked, I like, I I liked Xbox at that point a little bit more than I liked PlayStation coming off of what they did with the PS3. You know, right? So, it, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Capitalization so of that was, I was so easy. I was a little bit more open minded, and I I always say this too. I I I do push back somewhat on the launch. Uh, you know, the, the launch of Xbox in terms of software. I thought they had a pretty good launch lineup. I thought that I, I liked Black Flag, Battlefield 4, Dead Rising 3 I actually really liked a lot, Killer Instinct, Forza Motorsport 5, yeah. Rise, Son of Rise, Rome. Son of Rome. I was in it. And then Titanfall 1 came out shortly thereafter, Xbox exclusive. I played the dog shit out of that game. I was kind of feeling the Xbox One, man, but obviously I, yeah, I wouldn't have if they had stuck to a lot of the stuff that they were planning on doing with DRM and online check-ins and stuff like that. I would never have, you know, really wanted to deal with that because I didn't like what PlayStation Four was doing at the time, to be honest with you. Uh, and and you yeah, know, I ended up, I ended up, you know, Xbox One low key was kind of my main console last gen for almost all of it. I mean, it was it was. It was for me too. I mean, you know, because it just because I had my game library was on there, and that's one thing that Xbox always done well. Where you know the Xbox and the backwards compatibility stuff, that that stuff has always been kind of there. Uh, so that's always helped it, and I probably one of the reasons why it didn't completely kill the mm-hmm. Xbox One was the fact that it had a lot of like quality of life stuff still going for True. it. Um, but man, it's just the choices that they made with the, with the film stuff. And then the Kinect came out and it was like, oh, all right. So like, it, it wasn't even that good. And like, let's just go ahead and go all in on Kinect anyway at yeah. 2.0. I'm like, that was why? A mess. You know, it, yeah, it's crazy, 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 crazy. Uh, but man, I really, I really did think, I really did think that Xbox One, I was getting in early. Uh, fuck the haters. Uh, and man, what a yeah. miss. What a miss. Um, yeah, you were pretty terrible uh, at that part. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Here's my here's my biggest hot take that I regret. And he, what's interesting about this one is I think a lot of people are going to vehemently disagree with me about this. But I have been saying 60 frames per second or bust. And I feel wrong about that. I do. Yeah. Um, and part of it is my fault. Part of it is just how games were trending for the last few years, where we're getting a lot of cross-gen titles that 
you know, get the performance boost, uh, get the uptick, if you will, on the new consoles. And, you know, suddenly a game that that can only run at 30 runs at 60 on this one. And then you get spoiled on that for two and a half years. And then all of a sudden, here comes Gotham Knights. Here comes Starfield. Here comes Redfall saying 30, 30, 30. And you go, what's wrong with you guys? As if they're the outliers in this whole situation, when in fact... I think we were all kind of living in the novelty of getting a lot of cross-gen games playing at their best, but they weren't really built for next-gen consoles. And I think we're starting to see that shift now as the Starfields of the world start coming out and games that are just as big and ambitious uh, starting to be a thing here. And I think we're going to see, you know, we're going to see more studios saying, hey, our vision can't hit 60 because we're doing this under the hood, we're doing that feature, we're doing this thing that makes our game feel like a next-gen experience that you've been waiting for, but we have to do it at a cost. If you can't deal with that, maybe get the PC version. I see that being more more common, and honestly, I understand it more now than I was willing to let myself understand it, um, you know, very recently, honestly, a couple months ago. Well, I... I think the communities and I also think developers themselves really talked about 30 frames as a previous gen thing, gen thing, as an a thing that yes, means older. And once they start to actually get into developing games and using the power of these systems, realizing that some cuts have to be made and it won't be to their vision. So kudos to them for that. That 30 frames is where they have to they have to play. Here's the thing. There, there, there are thirty frame per second games that that don't that don't run well, say that. and and you see it. But there, there, thirty frames is still viable if exactly. you know what you're doing. You, you nailed it. You nailed it. I was yeah. going to say there's such a thing as good thirty frames and bad thirty frames, because um, some mm-hmm. thirty frames modes look like a slideshow because they have poor uh, motion blur implementation, or they do none at all, and they just let you suffer. Um, and then there's games where you know the the thirty frames is like oh I kind of didn't notice it was only 30 for a little while there. I mean, I noticed there was something off, but it would, you know, and I think, yeah, Starfield is a great example that that game felt snappy. It felt responsive. After a while, your eyes adjust. You don't really think about it. You're not cognizant of it too much. Um, And that's coming from somebody that's a frame whore like myself, you know, like I'm big on that stuff. And I was like, that's not really a big deal. Yeah, I think what we have to look at is is the very specific wording of locked 30 frames. If it's locked at 30 frames, yes. you're going to be okay because there's never going to be a drop-off in that frame rate. And so you'll you'll never fi- see the 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 actual oh wait it's slowing down here and it's oh my god it's 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 sub 30 that looks terrible as when you drop from 60 to like 58 or something it doesn't look as bad but so at, at lock 30 like like starfield was i mean it just it, it plays yeah. amazing it, you you don't even think about yeah, it yeah and, and i would honestly just encourage people who are still you know 60 fps or bust i mean honestly if you're a console gamer um i think you kind of need to buckle up uh, the next few years are going to be a little rough for you, okay? Um, but, you know, listen, I think on the flip side of that, that should also give you peace of mind because, well, here's the thing. I think when people hear that a game's not going to be 60 frames per second, they associate that with being th- the lazy dev thing, you know? Well, they didn't even try. They don't even care, you know what I mean? I don't know why there's balloons happening on my screen right because- now, the air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> because there's something with the new update oh, that there's certain hand okay. gestures that hand gestures that I, do I certain was like, things. Okay, <laughs> Apple agrees <laughs> with me. Um, 
Congratulations. Yeah. But uh, I think that's the th- it's the lazy dev theory. That's not true. Um, it's it's a matter of vision and it's a matter of hey, do you want us to make a great like a six, sixty FPS game and have to cut out seven things that make this game feel new and unique, or would you rather? take the concession like we all want our cake and eat it too but it just doesn't work that way in development world so um i think you know if you're a console gamer like i said you gotta you're gonna have to kind of bite the bullet in some games here and um you know hey uh, if you want to wait it out and hope that you know because like recently the red redemption 2 uh, red dead redemption uh 1 actually remaster just got 60 fps um you know i think that's an example of yeah 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 theory but that doesn't apply across the board. No. So just make sure you know why these games are not doing uh, 60 uh, before you rush to conclusions uh, and jump to Twitter or wherever you post things that are toxic. I'm already um, trying to do hand gestures to do it and not working. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Pablo is doing shadow puppets right now on the fucking screen right now. So I think this is as good a time as any uh, for us to call it a day here. Uh, we've been wrong, and that's 10 examples of, of cases that we've been wrong. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, if we had a segment dedicated to all the hot takes we were right about, this show would be 12 hours long. Uh, but nevertheless, we are going to wrap <laughs> up this week's show. <laughs> uh, and all seriousness, wrong. if you enjoyed this, <laughs> if you enjoyed this, uh, please be sure to subscribe to us so you don't miss future episodes. But until next time, thank you so much for checking out this week's show. We really appreciate you showing up, and we'll see you next week. Make me feel good.